It's time to play the music. It's time to dress up right. It's time, it's time to, to meet Bernardin. Oh. Don't we meet Bernardin? It's time to meet Bernardin on the Fat Man Show tonight. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> You remember the one episode of the Muppet Show when, um, like, you know, it wasn't one episode, but periodically they would do an opening where the old guys sang. I don't think they sang in every episode, but like there was a version where they were like, why do we always come here? I guess we'll never know. <laughs> when they go to the bridge, when like the show's a little bit shorter, like, listen, we need another 30 seconds. So Waldorf and Statler get in there. What are the old guys? Um, did you ever see that Saturday Night Live sketch? I think it was um, um, uh, the the show that was like the second to last of last season where, um, um, God, who was the host? Um, fuck, I don't know. But it was him and uh, I'm all stony. Boy, I'm losing details. Um, Who's been on the show for like 15 years? Played Fat Albert, Keenan and Kel. Keenan. Oh, yes. He he was one, like they were security at the Muppet show. And so they had two puppet versions of Statler and Waldorf and they were making their comments. But then he would come out and be like, hey, God, up!" And like <laughs> yell at them for <laughs> interacting with the show. <laughs> they were like, they told them they were going to like fucking have to throw them out if they didn't. If they didn't quiet <laughs> down, then they actually wind up beating the shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, kids, welcome to Fat Man Beyond, man. I'm uh, Kevin Smith. I am Mark Bernard. Hey, welcome oh. to the first Fat Man Beyond of the new year, for heaven's sakes. Man, it's 2023, and me and Mark are still here, and we're doing it. We are. Can't get rid of us. Mm -hmm. He's in the back cave. I'm in the I'm in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. I'm upstairs broadcasting live from Smodcastle Cinemas. Um, next week I start a new job, apropos of nothing. Ooh, what is this? Amazon new job? Amazon has a radio, a live radio program called AMP. You can download it. It's an app. And um Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, I'm doing a show called uh Movie Music in the Morning, where I play you know, songs from movies and then chit chat and blah, blah, blah. Sounds um, like fun. Yeah, right. Like at the end of the day. And so you remember how Z100 was like um, from the top of the Empire State Building, where they really didn't broadcast from. They were just referring to the broadcast antenna. Like every radio station in New York broadcast from the top of the Empire, you know, the Empire State Building, because that's where the antenna was. But they used that as their hook on Z100. Even though they were nowhere in New York, they were in New Jersey. So their bumpers were like from the top of the Empire State Building. Blatant fucking marketing swindle. Um, I'm not going to. Mine, mine's going to be like from the top of Smod Castle Cinemas. Because I'm really, literally on the fucking top floor of Smod Castle Cinemas. So there's truth <laughs> in my advertising. That's what I'm getting at. Um, go download AMP, kids. Listen to me next week. Is it just next week, or is this like going for a long time? It can go forever until I, they get tired of me, I think. Hey, it's I, Banff Man. One of my favorite trivia rounds that I've ever done 
was an audio round where I played like 30 seconds of a song, like uh, uh, Shoot to Thrill. And you had to tell me what Marvel movie it was from. Oh, so that's good. That could be a really fun theme for one of your Let's shows. Play now. Let's play that now. Well, I don't think we can actually play music. Do we still want to be on the uh, air, Kevin? Yeah, YouTube will kick us off. <laughs> we can't even show trailers from my own movies without getting fucking thrown off YouTube and shit. But what a fun game that would be. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, there's... The bar? Is, that part, is that part of the bar trivia? Yeah, it's part of the bar trivia. When so. you do bar trivia, how's that go? Like, how do I do it? Meaning, no, like, is like, it crowded? You get a lot of people. It's, yeah, it's crowded. It's pretty crowded. Um, love love answering questions, don't they? It's, uh, well, it's the only place. We had a write-up in the LA Times around Thanksgiving. And it's, like, the only oh, for the place. Bar? For, 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 for trivia. Scum and Villain? Yeah, for Scum and Villainy trivia. Because it's the, it's the only one that's, like, wholly pop culture and nerd themed. So... Oh, good for you, man. Get some ink. So, yeah, it was cool. And we've been busy. I mean, we were busy before that. We're busier now because uh, people are like, oh, hey, I I want to go answer questions about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I, I don't. Not about Buffy, but I would love to <laughs> answer questions. I would love fucking trivia, man. Come out here and do it at the movie theater, bro. I'll do it. I'll come out. Um, The uh, I, too, have been. I, I too am in the asses and seats business, just like you, my friend, um, with Smod Castle Cinemas. And I have been having a blast. We uh, announced a Mallrat screening last week, sold out so fast. Jason uh, Lee and Jeremy London's going to be there. Um, then we put up Clerks open all night, which is the thing I've been talking about forever. I'm like, when I buy that movie theater, we're going to fucking do a, a marathon of Clerks movies, like from 1130 at night till six in the morning. And we put up on sale. I, I honestly thought like 50 to 100 people max would buy tickets, sold it out. So, like, it's we're having a good time here tonight after we're done. Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock, I got Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. So, I'm gonna go down, intro the screening and shit. And then tomorrow night, right here at Smog Castle Cinemas, um, we've got the Mary Marvel Movie Society. We're watching Iron Man, bro. With Last week, we watched. Last week we watched fat, uh, we had Fat Man on Batman Film Club. We had 181 people come watch fucking Tim Burton's Batman. <laughs> I, I love that shit, man. That makes me so fucking happy. Oh, oh, I like being a like movie theater that plays current movies, but I like our ability to show older stuff as well. Um, yeah, it's been good times, man. Mark's coming out. I Mark am confirmed that he's coming out for the Ides of Mark, kids. I did. I, I absolutely told Kev that I'm booking hotels. I'm looking at flights. I'm I'm planning that uh, those four days in March, where I'm going to come and descend upon the Smog Castle cinemas. That's right. We're going to watch um, movies with Mark, and then we end uh, the Ides of Mark with a live Fat Man Beyond. Mm -hmm. Right there at Smod Castle Cinemas, kids. Oh, it's good. Good. Yeah, and I gotta I gotta talk to the guys at the stash because I remember they wanted to do a signing while they I was do. Back. Is Adora back in print? Adora's back in print. So Adora, the recent winner of the Dwayne McDuffie Diversity in Comics Award. Did it? Where'd yeah. you where? 
Uh, well, it was a, it was a virtual ceremony, um, but uh, young Phil Lamar was the MC of said ceremony. Love Phil Lamar. Uh, Phil's the best. Um, and so he got to he got to present and read an award. He read whatever, whatever. I had videotaped an award speech, as did the artist Ariella Cristantina. And uh, and this one, it was it was a it was a lovely way to cap a year of talking about Adora, a year of, of promoting Adora, a year of selling Adora. But it was it was a nice little uh, bookend for that process. Now, take it from a man who has never stopped selling clerks. I don't know if you know or not, but we have a three. <laughs> <laughs> a third one recently, Mark. Uh, you're not done with Adora. You get to fucking string that victory out if you're if you're smart for 30 years. <laughs> like having a, a, a paper that you got an A on in high school and your mom still has it on the fridge when you're married with your own house. <laughs> I, I keep on turning it in for different classes. <laughs> uh <laughs> sir this is an economics class and that's a social studies paper from the 11th grade doesn't matter, doesn't matter. <laughs> um yeah man it's gonna be good times eyes of mark man jc yeah. gonna come out this month i think he's gonna come jc bam fan you coming out for uh for uh Rauschman? i'm gonna come out uh maybe for the end i'll make it i've got it i'm at sundance until the 24th so then I gotta oh, figure out how I can get out there mm. after that. Listen to uh, listen to Bamf man. Fucking <laughs> mm. He's like me and Bobby. That's Robert Redford. We're gonna be fucking rocking Sunday. No, and some shit. Not that exciting. I do have a I have a clerks and dogma story for you though. I was with um now I sound like a douchebag, but I was with Freddie Prince Jr. yesterday. He's and fucking love it, bro. And uh, he was just in Clerks 3 with us, man. Good so I, I said to him at the end, I was like, uh, God, when you pop up in Clerks 3, I, I like die every time. It's so funny. And he's like, oh, my God, I, I don't watch stuff I'm in. And he's like, I love Kevin's movies, but I'll never watch Clerks 3 because I'm in it. What take did he use? What do I do? So I'm describing to him and I was like, and then this person shows up and then this person and they're all playing roles like Ben Affleck is playing some Bo John from Boston. I was like, but then you show up and you just go, Freddie Prince Jr. Auditioning for the role of. <laughs> it's so funny. He's slated. He, uh, for those who don't know the Clerks 3, um, when we shot, uh, fpj's cameo and shit uh you know or mr michelle geller if you will um he was uh like he's slated when an actor auditions they say their name slating is like so if i was auditioning if this was like a self-tape or whatever mm -hmm. i'd be like kevin smith you know and then be like listen man and go into my performance and shit so he gave us a slate at the top of his performance and i cut it into the movie and i think he did it on purpose like i don't think he was truly slating to be like hey i'm pretty <laughs> he was just having a good time with it but i i used it in the movie it's funny uh so it was funny i was like oh my god he's never seen it and then he told me a story which i don't know if you even know but he was dying to be in dogma and when you were casting dogma or auditioning or about to start shooting i guess he had to be on a press tour for she's all that in japan and he called 
Miramax. And he was like, this is a Miramax movie. That's a Miramax movie. Wouldn't you rather I like get a my face in dogma than go to this thing in Japan? And they were like, get on the plane. So he's been, he was hoping to be in dogma back in the day. Wow. So doing Clerks 3 was like uh, closing, closing a 20-year loop for him. That's pretty dope, man. Yeah, he's a good fucking kid. Way into wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm not saying that like it's a character flaw, but I mean, you, I would never. He's just one of those people that you would never be like, this, this was a guy that like everybody wanted to fuck. <laughs> and he was and he's like way into wrestling so much so i think he went to write for for uh wwe at one point didn't he yeah he's also he's like a big uh martial arts guy so he he's like a black belt in judo or something like that as well he really yeah so i think it probably ties into his martial arts background but meanwhile he was like you know fucking like that this dude was like in everything for a stretch and then he kind of like walked away um but never really truly walked away because he had those star wars shows over well, and over right and here's the craziest thing is he's like the best looking guy in every movie he's like the harry styles of like 1997 to like 2007 right and uh I'm helping him. Can you hear him... how fucking thirsty me and Banff Man are? For <laughs> Apparently, God. I mean, he's he's a catch. He's a summer catch. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Here's the crazy thing, and this is what you start to find out now is that he's like a giant nerd. He like loves yeah, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I'm and all I can think of is like I'm. He's a few years older than me. I was like, man, if like. You had just come out as like a Dungeons and Dragons kid in 1998, and like Vin Diesel had just come out as a Dungeons and Dragons kid, and Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine, all these people had just uh, quit hiding their nerddom. I think it would have been a lot easier for me. Yeah. But and now everybody what... is like, oh, I've loved this stuff since I was 12. I mean, but it wasn't. I don't think he would have fucked you anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. There is, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I benefited from leaning into shit early on. You know, once people started putting microphones in my face, like I never shied away from talking about the things that, like, you know, fucking juiced it for me and like made me passionate and. It just so happened that the things that I was like way into, like timed out well in the culture that like suddenly other it became mar these things became marketable like fucking they you know became popular or whatever pop culture became the dominant culture and and uh, you know comic book culture in pop culture like especially has taken the forefront and by being the guy early on who was like oh I love this shit. Like it, it, it's, it's paid off. You know what I'm saying? The lesson here is like, kids don't hide your light under a bushel. If you like something, fucking tell people like, don't, you know, th this world is so concerned with telling everybody what it doesn't like, you know, you fucking open Twitter or fucking turn on TV. And there's always somebody telling you what's fucking wrong and shit like that. What they don't like. 
I, I, you know, be the other person, be the person that tells people what the fuck you like, because it can pan out. Not only is it just better to be positive than negative, but like I would, I didn't say this shit hoping one day the culture would shift in my favor and whatnot, but like it did. And, and, and I, I was, and it worked out for me because I, you know, was authentic talking about shit that I, that I love. So, you know, never hide it unless you're like, unless you're a kid out there who's like, I love Hitler. Don't fucking tell people <laughs> or maybe tell somebody and they'll, <clears throat> stop and they'll get you out of that sort of thing. But yeah, it's, it, I, I'm glad that I leaned into like talking about comics and shit like that. You know, like Mallrats happened and tanked. Mallrats came out, it was a huge flop, man. It cost us $5 million to make, made $2 million. By any math, that's fucking not good. But it established me as like, oh, he's that guy. He's that fucking grown-ass idiot that likes comics. And then years later, they were like, hey, grown-ass idiot that likes comics. What do you have to say about this shit? <laughs> Mark, that's why how me and Mark know each other. Absolutely. There wouldn't be a podcast if you weren't the guy. Because I was, I was writing a story for Entertainment Weekly. And they're like, well, you wanted, I wanted to rate comic book costumes. Uh, get somebody to grade them and they're like who am i gonna get and somebody says well you should probably get kevin smith because he's that guy so like i called your publicist and he's like well all right sure i'll bring it to kevin kevin's like yeah this sounds like fun <laughs> that was our first conversation it was like was the, what about too much coffee man's costume <laughs> the beginning of a beautiful friendship indeed because you you refuse to to, to hide your freak flag under a bushel that's true, man. I just said, kids, the phrase that pays is, you know what I like? As opposed to, you know what sucks? You know what I hate? Like, there's so much of that going on. That brand is so fucking tired, bro. So tired. Nobody wants to hear what you hate anymore. Tell them what you love, man. That'll go a lot further and shit. Spread the good news. And it's out there. Um, what? Is, what how many awards have you won now for Adora? What was that? Nice. <laughs> no i mean nominated for for the eisner didn't pull off the eisner um i think we were nominated for a harvey i think um and then we won the the the, the mcduffie which means you know like i the eisner would have been great i'm not going to say that it wouldn't have been great but um but Dwayne mcduffie was a hero of mine like in, in the real world, Dwayne McDuffie, if you don't know who Dwayne McDuffie is, Dwayne McDuffie was a comic book writer <clears throat> for both Marvel and DC, you know, wrote Justice League for a while, wrote like Fantastic Four for a while, um, moved over to animation, wrote on um, Justice League, Justice League animated, you know, like he, he was this sort of jack of all trades, um, who was a giant black dude at a time in which, you know, the comics wasn't overwhelmingly welcoming to giant black dudes. Um, but his talent was undeniable. And so he just kept on working and kept on doing great, great stuff. And so he passed, I want to say at this point now, it's about 10, maybe 15 years ago. Um, but I got to meet him once um, at, a, at a Warner Brothers animation party at Comic-Con, um, I think the year before he passed. And I got to tell him how much I loved his Damage Control, which was a book he did for Marvel. Um, which is one of my favorite comic books ever. It was the the insurance company that rebuilt New York after it would always get destroyed. Well, oh, Galactus is here. They destroyed Central Park and would come damage control and they would fix it and they would send a bill to somebody. And they would, as long as you had your insurance policy kept up, then you got to have the protection of damage control. 
<clears throat> they would eventually bring Daniel Chachari into the MCU a little bit because they became the organization that was policing the Chachari artifacts after the Avengers. Like they're the guys who come and shut down um, the Vulture in Spider-Man um, Homecoming, um, the Department of Damage Control. But I got to tell him how much I loved it and how much I ripped him off for a book that I did called Monster Attack Network. And he said, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. You read the things that you love, you find a way to make it and incorporate it into the person that you are. And when you get to make something, you know, there's gonna be a part of everything you've ever read in everything you ever write. So again, that's that's the way it's supposed to go. So don't feel, don't feel sheepish, don't feel bad. You did your job, I did my job. Now somebody will read something you wrote and some of you will be in there and then some of me will be in that too. I was like, that is the most safe thing I've ever heard from a dude who I just told that I plagiarized. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. He skipped that part altogether. Sage <laughs> like advice as opposed to being like, well, number one, don't steal. <laughs> number two, don't tell me you stole. <laughs> but he was he was a lovely guy. And so this this award does mean quite a bit to me, um, with his name on it. And to come from Phil Lamar, um, the king. The king of all nerds, the king of all blurds, um, also meant quite a bit. Um, let me tell you something. You deserve it. That and so much more. Thank uh, you. Congratulations. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, all right. What do we got, man? Do we have a sponsor? Yes, we, we do. do have a sponsor indeed. Kids, before things get all sorts of geeky, um, we got to pay our bills here, man. And uh, we got a sponsor. We got Manny Potts in this book. <laughs> um, native folks, the good folks at Native. Um, uh, native, if you want to follow along, go to uh, nativedeo.com um, and, and check out their page as we talk about them, as we fillet Native for you. Um, while you're doing that, man, uh, if you're going to buy something, you could either enter nativedeo.com slash fatman or use the promo code fatman at checkout, man. That's nativedeo.com slash fatman or use the promo code fatman at checkout for 20% off your first order. Man, when it comes to personal hygiene, who has the time to read that long list of ingredients in the back of the bottle? Not me. Some ingredients I can't even pronounce, kids. So if you're like me and you care what goes on your body, candle wax on your nipples uh then it's Chips, time to dips, try chains whips <laughs> uh time to try native god damn it good folks at native they make a fine product I, you know what their product's so good i don't even have to sell it so we're gonna stop talking about it there you go no i don't think that's how this actually works i no. believe we have to talk about the product and let me tell you something i was just in a target saw a whole end cap all about native man um, don't buy from target buy it from us yeah, get it from us online for heaven's sakes. But I've seen it in the real world. If it's at Target, it's real, Mark. Target's as real as America gets. Maybe <laughs> Walmart. Maybe Walmart's a little more real. But they, it's out there. Native's out there. And somebody just this week was just like, I said something about Native and they were because I was talking about ads. And they were like, oh, my God, I actually use that stuff. And I was like, well, a lot of people do. Like, don't say it like that. But they were surprised. That I was doing a podcast ad for something that they would actually talk And I was like, that's right. It's because Native's amazing, man. Tell them what Native's all about, Mark. Native. Every Native product is thoughtfully formulated to keep you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. 
You know Native for their aluminum-free deodorant. Native keeps their ingredients list bare naked with ingredients you can understand like coconut oil and shea butter and baking soda. Their deodorant checks a lot of boxes, 72-hour odor protection, naturally derived derived ingredients, and a smooth residue-free application. Native also offers a variety of scents with new and limited scents being released all the time, like warm cider and cinnamon, ooh, cashmere and rain, ah, toasted marshmallow and vanilla, ooh, wildwood and cardamom, what? When you use Native, you will smell amazing all day long, thanks to their long-lasting scents. And if you want to smell woodsy and spicy or clean and fresh, they have a scent option for everyone. So now's the time to make the, the switch from an antiperspirant to Native. When you visit their site, you can discover all their fresh scents and maybe even try one out, one of their body washes while you're at it. Strike that, reverse it. Try out one of their body washes while you're at it. So smell and, smell and feel fresh all day long with Native. Get 20% off your first order by going to nativedeo.com slash fatman or use promo code fatman at checkout. That's nativedeo.com slash fatman or use promo code fatman at checkout for 20% off your first order. We love native we thank the good folks at native for sponsoring this year podcast fat man beyond for as long as they have man it's a fine product kids when i want to negate my stank native um somebody just asked me a question and said that i had an answer for where is it hero for hire 07 says hello from manchester manchester england england the uk Across the Atlantic Sea, and I'm a genius genius. I believe in God, and I believe that God believes in Todd. That's me. Um, Max Flay said, hey, Kevin, when's the next Babylon? Well, it's funny you should ask. I happen to know this. Next Hollywood Babylon is going to be at Flappers Comedy Club on February 25th. I know this because it is the five-year anniversary of me not dying from a heart attack. It's the heart attack anniversary show, kids. Uh, so if you're in California... If you're in the Los Angeles area, particularly in the Burbank area, because that's what can't do that anymore, right? People think that's racist. I'm not sure exactly where. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe just keep it like that. Close the rest of your. Like I'm crushing your head. I'm crushing your your head. What you can't say okay anymore. They they took that. Why they got to take everything nice? You know, I thought we had fought this fight already, but. <laughs> uh, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, Hollywood Babylon Flappers Comedy Club, February twenty fifth. Me celebrating being alive five years after uh, the my heart got cute with me and had different ideas. And I said, "Fuck you!" And I razzled it back down. I razzled it like a polar bear and made it submit and said, "I'll be good." And so far, it's been good. But uh, so yes, to answer that question, February twenty fifth. I was just in Los Angeles um, all week. Uh, I had to leave the fat man um, on Batman screening that we had for 19 and Batman on Sunday. Uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Gail, uh, the amazing Gail Stanley, Jen's mom, uh, was very, she got very sick and uh, we had, she had to go to the hospital. It was, it was scary, touch and go. Mm. Um, but because of that, I, I, I was home for a, a nice stretch and whatnot. And, uh, I saw that that Babylon show was coming up because I was like, oh, yes, that's happening. Uh, it's been almost five years since the fucking heart attack. Five years ago, I could have died, Mark. Mm-hmm. I could have missed so much. I would have missed Jane Silent Bob reboot. Mm-hmm. I would have missed Clerks 3. Well, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say this because 
Um, well, I would have missed Masters of the Universe. <laughs> no? All right. Whew. Um, yeah, I would have missed a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. Wouldn't miss my kid getting a house. Like, fuck. Mm. So yeah, it's a big, it's a big show, kids. Tickets at cspod.com if you're into that sort of thing, or go to the flappers website. Meanwhile, we're selling tickets on the other side of the country, son. Here at Smog Castle Cinemas, where I sit at the very top of, um, we've been selling out crazy shows. We got a mall rat screening coming up on uh, March, no, March, January 20th. Sold out with Jeremy London and Jason Lee, both in attendance. Um, and then, remember, I've been talking about, ever since I've been talking about the movie theater, I was like, we're going to do a thing called Clerks Open All Night. And we're going to show all three Clerks movies from 1130 at night till six in the morning, do a lock-in. You come in your pajamas and shit. And when I say come in your pajamas, you I'm, I'm not even being facetious. I mean, come in your pajamas. Um, that sold out. I thought we'd sell 50 to 100 tickets to that, but sold the fuck out, man. Tonight, Friday the 13th, tomorrow, Iron Man. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm having a blast, bro. I'm, 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 that's why I can't wait for the odds of Mark. Uh, it, it's going to be good times. Good times. It'll be fun. And I, and I, and there, there may be, I'm not, I, I can't publicize it. I can't, we can't sell on it. We can't tantalize it even really, can't even really tease it. But there may be a little something, something at the end of that fat man beyond that we do that Saturday night. Ooh, I ain't got to tell him, but I know what it is. A little something, something. Um, there was somebody, I don't know if it was here on the last show. No, I don't think it was. But somebody somewhere was like, hey, you should do a series of cop movies and call it Popcorn and Cop Porn. <laughs> it's a legit <laughs> fucking great idea, isn't it? A great name. I mean, so, only because of the rhyme. Yeah. Absolutely. But the idea of cop porn is like, you know, fucking what would be like the five best cop movies? Like Dirty right. Harry's got to be one of them, right? Not Dirty Harry, but Sudden Impact, where he goes, "Go ahead, make my day." Yeah, you know, you get that. You got French. I mean, if you want, I was going to say French Connection. I was going to say Bullet. I was going to say Serpico, Nighthawks. Yeah, how come? What about all the movies where they're wearing blue? Like most of the cops in my neck of the woods, they all wear blue. They're not like they ain't dressed like Serpico. Well, so, they, what are the <laughs> true cop movies? Cop the black? good, the good like cops on a beat movies. Die Hard, of course. It's a fucking. There you go. Mm-hmm. Greatest cop movies of all time. Somebody just suggested one I didn't even think of. Few people are saying it. I'm pretty dumb. Cop out, Mark. Yeah, that is. De- don't say it like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking I mean, qualifies. Like a more supportive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Here's a good idea. Cop out. I can finally get people to watch it and shit. <laughs> um, Lethal Weapon. Like that's got to be one of them, right? But sure, but there are not a ton of like boys in blue, like that yeah. is not, because they're not that exciting as dramatic protagonists. Camifer uh, thirty five twenty eight in chat said colors. There's a movie where they're wearing the blues. Mm-hmm. Sure, Cobra. Um, Train, training day. Dano number one says Cobra. Training day. What a great choice. Yeah, the um, departed. The departed qualifies. Hot fuzz says Joe Hart. Great Ooh. fucking choice. The Departed absolutely fucking counts. Man, we got some good choices. Mm, super now. Cop. Here's the <gasps> RoboCop, son. 
I can't believe it took this long for somebody <laughs> to get the fuck at RoboCop. <laughs> now, with this festival, you know, it's just basically a series of cool cop movies that maybe you haven't seen on the big screen in a while. All cops get in free. That's That's got to be the hook for, for popcorn and copcorn, right? Yeah, I mean, I would also... You get in free. I would also say maybe donate some of the proceeds to the legal defense fund. <laughs> Smart. Like, let's balance this a little. <laughs> good call. It's a good call. Oh my god! Somebody said bad lieutenant. Fuck yes. Ooh. Fuck yes. Paul McMichael said chips. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. Oh my god! How are we missing it? Marco Ramos. Beverly Hills Cop. Banff. Who wouldn't want to fuck with Beverly Hills Cop on a big screen? Go, Banff, man. Police Academy? Bring I said back that. Duke oh, did you say that? Yeah. Because yeah. he's looking for boys in blue, and and that, I think, was it. I mean, I'm not necessarily – you know, it could be a spectrum, of course, of colors. But um, it, I did want to get some uniform. When I think of cop, I think of wearing the blue, not necessarily like, you know, fucking – Martin Riggs in Lethal yeah. Weapon. Do you want to jump? Do you want to? I got nothing better to do. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I think it holds up. Is it? Bam. Lethal Weapon, yes. New Jack City, that counts. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon, I believe, is my age, by the way. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. He's like, getting too old for this shit. He's I think 42 when he filmed that movie. Wow. Uh, Super Troopers has been suggested a couple times. Maniac Cop. Holy shit. Mm. Carl Urban Judge Dredd. Good choice. And a good movie, too. Very much like The Raid, but still a really good movie. I mean, The Raid. (laughs) They're actually all cops. And most of them are in uniform. That's true. The Raid. Paul McMichael said, Kevin, I was in Police Academy 2 when I was 10 years old. I did my scene with Howard Hessman. <laughs> fucking famous people in our chat tonight, bro. Oh, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. I don't know. Does that count? I mean, only well, if you can get Kevin James to show only up. Only if you could get Kevin James to show up and do a Q&A with it. That would be. Observe and report. That's a good one. Good choice. I mean, not technically cop, but still. Samurai Cop. Um, you know, boy, that was fun. Thanks for all your suggestions, kids. That's going to be easy to put together. I've got, there's a record. I'll give you one. If you guys want to do it out there, we were going to do it at scum and villainy. We probably still will because we can show movies in the bar. We were going to do the hard as a rock series and it's all movies with either hard or rock in the title. So like die hard, Hard Target, Hard to Kill, The Rock with Nicolas Cage. And it's all those like very 80s, early 90s, like macho Van Damme type movies. Ooh, could you do Rock of Ages too? <laughs> you probably, it would fit within the guidelines. I don't know thematically <laughs> if that makes a lot of sense. But. Rock and rule. A friend of mine, Janet Peterson, just texted me one word and I was like, what? And then I think it's because she's watching the show. Fargo. She's a cop. She's a, she's Marge, son of a Gunderson. She's a legit one of the greatest movie cops of all time. Crazy. Um, boy, oh boy, 
Who? Hell or High Water? Yes, because Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Uh, he's the cop. He's, he's really the cop. Good. And he's in uniform for most of that movie. He is in most of the movie. <laughs> Why did somebody say School of Rock? No cops in that movie, is there? I think that's for JC's Hard as a Rock marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you you love uh, Canada. What about Dudley Do-Right? In a heartbeat. And also, like, my man's back. Mm-hmm. It's, we, it's, it's fucking... My Actors Roundtable has over a million views right now. I mean, it's, mine. Who's uh, Kihu Kwan, Brendan Fraser, uh, Adam Sandler, Austin Butler, and Colin Farrell. Um, Austin, did, fucking, were you like, hey, bro? I didn't. I didn't get into it because I was busy, like, directing the show, but I I wanted all to. Right, all right, fucking bragger. <laughs> Some of us can direct and do other things at the same time. You have a lot more experience than I do, so. <laughs> uh, what? How much of the, for those that don't know, uh, Bamp Man works uh, with, um, well, he works with us, but he gets paid by fucking the Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> um, and he does those like actor and actress roundtables, director roundtables. Every time they sit five or six fuckers together and they're talking JC usually behind it and stuff. How much like do they shoot versus what they keep? Like what's the ratio? We try to shoot an hour and cut it down to just shy of an hour with actor. I think some of them run long um, with actor. I think it was an hour and 25 minutes and we cut it down to like 58. I mean, fucking the chat's on fire with suggestions. Running Scared, one of my favorite <laughs> fucking comedies of all time with uh, Gregory Hines and fucking uh, Billy Crystal. Who are we going to get to play Chicago's toughest detectives? I know a tiny Jewish comedian and a black tap dancer. <laughs> Let's go. Still, that movie works. The Naked Gun from the files of Police Squad. The Untouchables. Jesus. I mean, five movies. How the fuck? How am I going to keep it down? Um, That's what she said. Yeah. Fucking okay, no. <laughs> well, uh, Watch them Golden Globes at all? Oh, those Golden Globes. Eating them Golden Globes. Um, I did watch it. I, uh, I, was, I was happiest for um, the Everything Everywhere All at Once crew. To watch Michelle Yeoh and Kihu Kwan win awards for that stuff, and like Kihu Kwan won an award, short he round, did, a supporting actor for him, he's great. And, and it's She's a lovely cool. speech. It's it's such a lovely speech because Spielberg is sitting in the audience, nominated for the Fablemans, and it was like uh, that man gave me my first job. Like it's the, the only reason I'm here is because he started my career as as short round in Indiana Jones. Don't make me cry. <laughs> on the internet, fuck. <laughs> not this year, Mark. We don't want to break that scene. I'm, I'm not crying on the internet no more. Fucking, they they ruined it for me. So I'm certainly not going to post pictures of myself crying. So don't make me fucking inadvertently cry by telling me a beautiful story about fucking short round recognizing Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and then I I have to imagine that I think the reason why JC's Actors Roundtable is blowing up 
is because all of the Ki Hu Kwan stuff has become viral. Like it's all kind of gotten a life of its own because that narrative is so strong. You know, like he, it's been 40 years since that dude has been in a movie and this is his comeback, you know? Hey, wait, 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 what? 40 years? It's been 40 years since since uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I think. Yeah, he like was. 82. What about Goonies? He was in Goonies. Right. That was the start of his career. But that's OK. I'll give him 30 years <laughs> since <laughs> the last time he worked. It's um, um, there's a really nice. By the way, I think it's doing well because of my direction. Not so much the people who are on the panel. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but there's a really nice moment towards the end uh, where Brendan Fraser talks. They talk about. He uh Ki Hu Kwan was in Encino Man. And he they they have this uh little moment where they're like, We've we're still here, we're still doing this all these years later. It's very sweet. Like Brendan was crying. Yeah, he how come he don't get fucking beat up by everybody? He cries a lot too, just like me. I guess he don't post pictures. That's a difference. <laughs> um, I love how emotional he gets, man. He's a good fucking dude. Um, like I'm happy he's having this fucking second moment because let's not forget like this guy is fucking he was in the mummy movies and those movies were huge yeah they were massive huge. um yeah. and when he was at his absolute biggest with the mummy movies man i ran into him at the i've told the story before i ran into it at least it's not my heart attack story somebody in fucking chat was like kevin i love you but stop talking about your heart attack fuck you <laughs> no i'm not gonna stop talking about my heart attack particularly when i'm answering a question about a fucking hollywood babylon show that is all about the heart attack. So, God, people are so pushy, aren't they? Um, what was I just talking about? Brendan Fraser. You met Brendan Fraser, Fraser oh, during The Mummy. I ran into him. I was at the Four Seasons in New York. And, uh, you know, I've never met him before and shit. But it was me and my wife and my kid and my and my in-laws, Byron and Gil. We were getting off an elevator and he was getting on an elevator. And this is at the height, like Mummy, maybe Mummy 2, Mummy Returns, whatever the fuck. So, you know, he's fucking super famous. And he, uh, like, held the guy out of the elevator, then did a double take and held the door. And he was like, Kevin, how are you? And I was like, great, man. How are you? Nice to meet you. He's like, nice to meet you. Uh, is this your family? Like, he was so fucking, like, my that elevator's door is closed. And my fucking family looked at me like, how do you know the fucking mummy guy? <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't. He's just, he was raised well. He's so polite. Uh, and then I ran into him fairly recently. I think I told this story too. Um, I was at one of the fan expos and um, there was, he was sitting at a table, um, you know, in the green room and there was a, a woman sitting right next to him and stuff. So I went over and I was like, man, I, I like, I'm sorry to interrupt. I like, I, I know, if I was truly sorry, I would have been not interrupted in the first place. But like, I just wanted to say, man, hey, like years ago, and I told, I just literally told Brendan that story. And, you know, and I turned to the woman, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm interrupting. And <laughs> Brendan Fraser goes, Kevin, I don't know who that is. She's just also sitting at the table. <laughs> they weren't together. I thought they were. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, he's such a sweet fucking dude. And at that moment in time, he was like Firefly in uh, the Batgirl movie. So I was I was quizzing him about that and shit. And he said the directors were wonderful. And he said that uh, the actors was wonderful. Um, and then months later, well, a year later is when, maybe not a year, six, eight months later. No Batgirl movie. Anyway, 
the um, the since we're talking about good people, uh, one Colin Farrell for as much crap as he's gotten his whole career was the nicest person ever. Colin Farrell, so so genuine and sweet. yeah, he's a great guy. I met him on uh, Daredevil back in the day. The other Daredevil, Ben Ben <laughs> Affleck Daredevil. Oh, um, such super a good sweet guy. guy. Yeah, yeah, he was a good dude, man. Really good dude. Um, yeah. I'll, great, I'll, great, sexy too. Yeah. Uh, also, like my age, and I'm like, how do? What is? What am? What is going Wait, on? Wait, he's younger than me. He's 44, I believe, or 45. He said. Wow. Yeah, I mean that's um, a game we should not play with famous people because it will always <laughs> go like Idris Elba and I are the same age, which. No, no. Like I just don't know how you think you have to bathe in like berries and milks from virgin goats or some shit. Lazarus like, pit. I, yeah, like I don't, I don't know how he achieves that. And here I am with this. Do you see a picture? I, you know, I'm, I forget where it was. It popped up in some news feed, but not what was it? Jacqueline Smith, not Kate Jackson, one of the original angels, mm. Jacqueline Smith. Who's like 186 or whatever? She ain't that old, but she's like in her 70s or 80s, and like should look it, and does not. Looks like, still looks like a Charlie's Angel. Like, and and there's just photos of her and her husband, like working out, sexy working out in the yard, and he's like picking her up, and he's like he's younger than her, but he's still an old man. And I saw <laughs> this, and I was like, what? What's wrong with me? Is it genetics? Like, how do you stay eternally young like that? I mean, Angela Bassett is 64 years old. What? And she was on the Golden Globes, like, looking like she's 42. I don't get it. Again, I suppose eating well, personal trainers, like, all that helps. But then there's just, oh, you were just born with better genes than mine. Max Flay in chat pointed out Linda Carter. Yeah, Linda Carter has aged insanely well. Yeah. I want some of that, man. I want some of that. Look, let me ask you this. You've seen Avatar, right? Mm. If you got to drill into a whale's brain, steal his brain just to keep you young, would you do it? <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers that don't actually mean anything to the movie. <laughs> Would you would you do it? I mean, I haven't really thought about it since it happened in the movie. I think when it was happening in the movie, for a second, I was like, you know, I love living things, but looking young forever. <laughs> I... Yeah, it, it it is a weird thing in that movie where it's like the centerpiece of a massive section in the movie that bears no impact whatsoever on the rest of the movie. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I had the money, sure. Dan of Earth says, what about William Shatner? Dudes in his 90s, you'd never know. It, fucking truth, man. Like when he, you know, he's. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they announced he's in Masters of the Universe. They just haven't said what he's playing. Every once in a while, I'm such a stoner, I forget <laughs> what people know and what they don't know. I, I was like, wait, am I spoiling something? But he's come to do uh, voiceover and always drives himself. Always drives you know, like he's piloting a fucking starship, like like he's the young Captain Kirk. <laughs> and Rook's no fools and wants, like, hey, man, 
don't waste my time. I'm 92. Like he puts it right on front street, but he, but he, you're right. He's, he looks very, he don't look 92. Dude looks like he's in his seventies. Yeah. I mean, the, on the other side of that is, did you see the trailer? It dropped today for history of the world part two. What? Yeah. Hulu is doing a mini series called history of the world part two. And it's introduced by Mel Brooks at 96 years old. And Mel, like, I think it's that he's looked 96 for the last 20 years. Wait, wait, wait. Fuck all that. Are we seriously getting History of the World Part 2? Yeah. Did you not know this? No. (laughs) Ever since I was a child, I wanted to see Jews in space. We were promised at the end of the movie, remember? So it is written, so it will be done. Oh, my God. That's that. What a long con that has been fuck talk about sticking the land and closing the fucking circle seriously is did he make it um i think he's he's involved with it but i think it's a nick kroll kind of over saw it all and kind of was the shepherd creatively behind it but yeah they've wow. been edging us for 40 years now on fucking I, history of the world part one. <laughs> I saw history of the world part one eight times in a movie theater as a kid mm. that movie was perfect for like a nine to eleven year old, whatever the fuck. Remember, speaking of Gregory Hines, remember Rolling the scene the where like they're all eunuchs, and then the girl dances, and the, you know, in front of each eunuch, <laughs> nothing happens, and his feather goes all the way up. <laughs> it's a good ass movie, man. We got ask maybe we should have a Mel Brooks thing going on, especially knowing that when's that come out? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, it's relatively soon, but let me check and see. Sub um, Spartan wrote in chat, is it strange that Mel Brooks produced The Fly? Uh, no, Mel, I mean, it is, I guess, kind of weird, but like there was a period of time where he produced a lot of movies, including uh, The Elephant Man. David mm-hmm. Lynch, didn't he produce that? And yeah. Anne Bancroft was in it? Absolutely. He did movies that weren't like just goofy ass comedies, but yeah, he, he, he produced The Fly as well. Banff. Can can I ask yeah. a, a question about owning a movie theater? Oh my God, you've got the guy right here. <laughs> I but I think it's interesting, right? And hopefully, I'm not right, the only one. Who... Fantastic four inches pointed out in chat. Jews in space was spaceballs. <laughs> Indeed, and it's out in March. History of the World Part Two on Hulu. I'm fucking there. Oh my God. I'm getting, I'm completing a part of my childhood. Back to you, Batman. So when you're like, you know what? Let's do a Marvel thing or a Batman or a Mel Brooks. These are old movies. You don't just like buy them on iTunes and screen them, right? Do you have to like call a studio or like, how does it, and then get permission and then give them a portion of ticket sales or do you pay? a thousand dollars to show the movie and hope you can sell more tickets how does Close. how does uh, se- fee the fee on the low end and, and generally for older movies it's low end is three hundred dollars um to rent the title or whatnot um there's also a version you could do that's like percentage of gate and stuff but generally speaking um it's it's that it's on the it's on the lower end like 300 bucks so, you know, then the idea is you just got to make 300 in ticket sales because then you'll make out with concessions. Popcorn. anyway. You, yeah. I mean, that's the dirty little secret of the movie business is like, 
you know, we got Avatar playing. And Avatar has, uh, here, would you like to hear some fucking data? Ooh, he's got numbers. I do. I got some fucking numbers, man. Let me see. Hold on. Ernie. Um, I'm always bugging Ernie, asking him, like, what's the count? And all the ticket sales and stuff. So Ernie started sending me the charts that show you what tickets have sold over the course of the life of the movie theater. Okay. So Avatar, The Way of Water. As of last week, we have sold 338 tickets total. Total. Now, our biggest theater, we're a five-screen multiplex, and our biggest screen is, is seats 230. So Avatar, the biggest fucking undeniably biggest movie of the year thus, thus far, has sold 338 tickets for a grand total of $2,932. And 80% of that goes back to the studio. Um, would you like to hear what a New Year's evening with Kevin Smith made? Hmm. Now, mind you, we only sold 221 tickets, but that's a sellout for that theater compared to Avatar's 338. Uh, they made 2,900 bucks so far. Uh, for one night for that screening, uh, we made 14,000 uh, bucks. The key here is just overcharge. That's it. It's no secret. <laughs> <laughs> They're asking for 10 bucks for Avatar. I'm asking for $37. Come see me. Um, Batman on Batman Film Club, man. Like we had a uh, 181 people come. Uh, Push Puss in Boots, the lo the Last Wish, um, is the second best movie playing at our theater historically you know, for for its life life of the run. We have sold 309 tickets to that total since Puss in Boots came out, um, and made a grand total of 2,400 dollars. Uh, the Fablemans has sold a grand total of 182 tickets since coming to Smodcastle. Um, and we've made $1,400. So, I, I, you know, I honestly don't... I, as I went across country, like Babylon has sold 107 tickets for a grand total of $918 total. I, I went across the country, of course, with the, you know, Smod... With... Uh, Clerks three, the convenience store. So I was in a lot of like mom and pop movie theaters and, uh, you know, big ones that got like thousand seaters and shit, but still mom and pop oriented, not like AMC or shit like that. Every one of them was just like, you can't survive as a movie theater without a liquor license. They're like you have a liquor license. I was like, well, not yet. They're like you can't survive on selling popcorn. Not in this day and age. That's why most movie theaters have bars in them at this point. How much do you sell popcorn for? Like, what's the margin on popcorn? It's pretty good, right? It's got dollars a bucket. Yeah, I just have <laughs> charge thirty-seven dollars a bucket. <laughs> uh, the popcorn, which we pop fresh, we don't like bring in bags and shit like that. Some places do that. We just make our popcorn. Um, I don't know. I've never bought a popcorn. To be fair, I don't even eat the popcorn because I, I haven't asked if it's vegan or not. Some people are like, how can it not be vegan? Well, if you use like you know animal but animal oil like you know that shit whatever fuck get off my dick <laughs> um what, ask, quickly. 
Ask me. Yeah, it really did. Ask, uh, <laughs> ask, ask uh, more questions about owning a movie theater. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm out. I was just, <laughs> it. I was interested in the margins on popcorn and candy. Cause I'm like, I mean, I know what they are for liquor, right? Yeah. So maybe so yeah. might be a good team up, but, um, but I guess you would buy, you might buy like three cocktails, but you're only going to buy one bucket of popcorn, right? And is that the, maybe the idea? Yes. Cause like on a cocktail, yes. if, if it's like a buck 50 in ingredients, you're probably charging like 11, 12 bucks for the cocktail. I know. Believe me. That's why we're trying to get into the fucking liquor <laughs> business because one bottle of booze, you know, you'll get like hundreds of dollars out of. It's so uh, inside baseball, and I shouldn't say this because no, everybody's going to not come out anymore. Don't, but JC, like, don't don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy who says don't give it away because people will so be shitty I, about it every time I, they come to the bar. I'll give you. I'll I'll take it outside of Skimming Villain. I went to um, uh, an NFL Rams game a few years ago, and we brought some friends with us. And they're like, let me let me buy you a beer. Let's get, let me get you a Corona. And the Coronas for like a sixteen ounce Corona at at the stadium was like twenty five bucks. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he's like, Why? Just let me get you the beer. I was like, I can't do it. A bottle of Corona at that time. It's gone up, but at that time pre pandemic was seventy cents for twelve ounces. So they were selling 16 ounces for 25 bucks. And, and I'm like, I can get that exact same thing for like a buck 10. And so that's the markup at stadiums. When yeah. you go, when you go and buy beer at stadiums. It's, um, uh, somebody uh, said, uh, sound investment. Oh, Dave Bo nine goes sound investment with a thumbs up. Um, it, normally it wouldn't be. I, the only reason I was, uh, like justifying buying a movie theater was because I, I know how to make it earn in ways that like normal movie theaters can't like, for example, like we bring in, you know, fucking Jason Lee and, and Jeremy London and show mall rats and, you know, upcharge, or we just, uh, bring in George R. R. Martin and do a show or I do a show by myself. Um, so there's ways that I mean, this is going to sound, I'm not bragging, but like in first two months of ownership, September and October, we made more than the theater had made in the previous entire year, calendar year. So it is a sound investment if you, you know, have other things to do with the theater. This has been a perfect blend for me. You know, I've, I've tried two other Smodcastles before. And the thing that was always missing was the, uh, you know, movies, like, you know, it's a movie theater. So even if I'm here or not here, movies got a movie and people come to the movies all the time and stuff. Not a lot, as you've heard, but definitely enough to keep the lights on and stuff. Then on top of that, if you could build, you know, what we've been building, which is like, here's a fun fucking show. And now it's sold out. Like I'm seeing full houses in that fucking theater for the first time, like since my childhood and stuff. So you know, it, it would have been just vanity to buy a movie theater if I couldn't make it earn. That's why, like, you know, everyone's like, why are you in Jersey so much? Because I bought a fucking movie theater <laughs> and I'm trying to make it earn. I know exactly how to do that, but I got to be there for it. I can't be like, hey, man, go to the movie theater where I'm not. You know, that's the one thing I could bring to it. And 
it's uh it's happening at a good time in my life because my kids all grown up and shit like that so it's not like i gotta be around california as much and this is fun for me i fucking enjoy the fuck out of this like i i i enjoy like coming up with a program and like selling tickets for it and shit like that it's Well, and you see what works, right? And what doesn't, and then you can adjust. It's like a very, uh, it's not like doing some giant production where you're like, we got to go all in in this direction and hope it works. Like you can adjust day by day almost and, and, you know, a a 200% increase in sales is is very much doable versus like you make a movie and it either has a $10 million opening weekend or it doesn't, you know? Um, somebody said you got to do the Rocky horror picture show. They do that over in red bank. I felt kind of like I didn't want to bite onto their thing. Um, they over at uh, the count Basie theaters in red bank. So I, you know, naturally, of course, I was like, "Oh my God, we could do it!" But while they're doing it, I don't really want to, you know, fucking. I don't. I won't be that guy. You do. Like, the, I, can do uh... I can do a bunch of other cool stuff. I don't need to, you know, be like, "Hey, and we're doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show." I mean, there's more stuff. Like, it makes more sense, like, to do like our anybody want a peanut that we're gonna do here for you, which is Princess Bride meets Rocky Horror Picture Show, than it does to do like that's more on brand right yes that's such a good idea such a great fucking title too um somebody pointed out tyler hall said what about lebowski fest um sure do they come to you or are you just saying have a lebowski fest of my own um yeah i'm i'm game for a lot of things it's just fun time somebody asked about playing video games there jason wants to do that jason muse um you know just game because he's he's always on twitch streaming on twitch so he wants to uh no i'm good thank you he wants to um like game at smod castle on the fucking screen and then have people play him and shit and i was like you know he's probably talking about Fortnite or shit like that but in my head i was like oh yeah fucking centipede like pac-man thinking of old fucking old ass games and stuff but yeah it's it's good times we're like oh shit my light went out it's back um anyway enough about that fucking shit shall we talk about the subject at hand shall we finally get into the news we can do the news absolutely let's do it man mark bernard used to be an old news hound kids and now he's an award-winning fucking writer he tells tales they're not fact-based anymore but back in the day he was a fact-based journalist man and once you once a journo always a journo you can take the boy out of fucking the Hollywood Reporter, but you can't take the Hollywood Reporter out of the boy. And so Mark Bernardin still has a nose for news, and he's brought you the news. Here he is. Um, a little quick box office hit. Um, even though Avatar continues to reign at the box office um, and continue to perform at every place except for Smodcastle uh, by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our biggest ticket seller though of the real movies 330 <laughs> tickets that's the you know he, he's the king of uh, the world here as well it's just yeah. the world's very small here the world's very small here um megan opened uh apparently uh trouncing the the estimates to 30 million dollars and it's open yeah weekend. yeah that played here that did well for us 
Yeah, um, I saw Megan. Uh, even though I am not a traditional horror person, I've, I've, I've exclaimed it uh, far and wide. Horror is not, at least modern horror is not my jam. But, uh, but I have a personal connection to the movie in that I know the woman who wrote it, um, friend of the show, Akela Cooper. Um, she's been a guest on Black Man Beyond in the past. And so I went out to support my friend and I had a really fucking good time. Fucking A, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's campy and it's silly and it's got a couple of good jump scares and, um, and has something to say about sort of the, the, the disaffection of parenthood and the disconnection of children and all of that stuff. But overall, man, I just fucking enjoyed myself and got to, got to give a friend her flowers, which was lovely. Um, is there Justin Roiland news? There is Justin Roiland, um, apparently is, I don't know exactly the legal terms for what's going on, but I think there was an arraignment about a, a sexual assault charge against him. Um, I would have to look it up and get much more of the details, but it is not good. Justin Roiland news. If that's the thing that you were looking for. Moving on. Somebody in the chat said something about Ron. Um, all right, back to you. Um, so yes, Megan opened incredibly well. There's already talk about a sequel. I'm hoping it is an army of Megans um, that that take over the world because that's just uh, me. Was it, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not saying, oh, it fucking, I'm not reducing it, but it, there is a bit of child's play to it, right? Could there be one day down the line a Chucky versus Megan crossover? Yeah, absolutely. Or Megan. I said it wrong. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it is 100% a killer doll movie, you know, and there is a long lineage of killer, killer doll movies, of which Chucky is probably the, the, the king of said killer dolls. But I saw it at the Alamo Draft House. And if you've ever been to a draft house, you know that they do customize and curate an opening show before every movie. And so it was a good 15 minutes of various fucking killer doll movies going as far back as Evil Mannequins on the Twilight Zone to Chucky Shit to Deadly Friend to there's been there's there's been wow, a Deadly Friend is a deep cuts Wes Craven picture. It's Holy a shit. deep cut Wes Craven, but that was kind of wonderful. Um, to see young Christy Swanson try to fight an evil doll. Wow. Um, uh, how, uh, so you like this Megan picture? I dug it. I dug it. I mean, it's, it's, it is deeper than it needed to be for what it is. Um, and Allison Williams is, is quite good at it. I think she's found her, she's found her, her sweet spot, which is kind of like awful white lady who maybe takes a turn towards the good or maybe doesn't <laughs> like the doesn't is in get out where she's just oh, yeah, i was gonna say that's not what happens in get out <laughs> but here she learns yeah, she was really good in that movie actually in get out yeah like she's, I, I didn't I, I didn't watch girls so i'm unfamiliar with her work um there but i i, I thought she was really great in get out yeah you know and she it's, it seems like she's got a, a fairly decent head on her shoulders because she's she has been navigating the same um, you know tide pool of nepo baby accusations that everybody else who's got a particularly famous father. Who's uh, who's her dad? Brian Williams, NBC News. Um, Does that really count? Like, it's um, not like it, he's in the news division. It's not these. She's in the news division, but he was the face of NBC News for a very long while, and so in New York circles, that gets you something. You know, that that gets you access to things that most people don't have access to. Um, Derry, no one. 
put a wide-eyed emoji and says, Mark liked it. <laughs> Mark likes stuff. I do occasionally like things. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't live in this chamber of hatred. <laughs> Just like, bring me a new thing to disembowel. He doesn't live in a chamber of hatred. He just sleeps in it. <laughs> then he wakes up and spreads the hate and then goes back to his yeah, chamber. Like Boba Fett. I sleep in a back to tank of hatred and it makes me whole again. And then I go back <laughs> into my life. <laughs> uh, but yes. So Megan, if you have not seen, um, uh, I, I, I do recommend you go have a good time. Um, the latest on Superman and Batman and DC films, uh, new DC co-boss James Gunn um, has, you know, done the thing that he seems to be doing, which is going on Twitter to debunk things. Um, he's debunked a rumor that they've already cast Superman for the new iteration of the Man of Steel. Um, the most recent fanboy reports was that a guy from uh, Euphoria had been cast. And uh, Mr. Gunn went on Twitter and said, my thoughts are that no one has been cast as Superman yet. Casting is almost always, as is almost always the case with me, will happen after the script is finished or close to finish, <coughs> and it isn't. Um, we'll announce a few things in not too long, but the casting of Superman won't be one of them. So, no Superman yet, still writing a script. I like how James is like just being his own publicist for the entire dc warner brothers division whatever it is like it's smart everybody should be like as accountable as he is you know yeah. i know a lot of people are like oh i don't like what he's doing but it's like at least he's answering questions he's not hiding yeah and he's not being shitty about it like where he's like fuck everything you like he's like look we're just doing a thing and you know i'm sorry if that hurts some people's feelings but like you know i, I respect the fact that he's answering questions he doesn't have to like you know how often does anybody at Marvel go like, all right, let's address the fans' concerns? <laughs> don't really happen. No. Um, I mean, at some point, I have to imagine that, you know, Warner Brothers PR at some point will be like, hey, listen, you've done a great job so far, champ. But listen, we're, we're, we're going to take this boat away from you at this point because we want to control the message a little bit better than this. Um, while it was all new and raw and wet dirt, it made sense. But now... You got to be more feige unless you know guy on internet shouts at clouds let me tell you something we all got to be more foggy if we could all be just a little more foggy this would be such a better world that's the only kevin that matters in this world as far as i'm concerned my mom agrees and she fucking gave birth to a kevin but she's like look push comes to shove we need foggy she's like you we've seen clerks three you're done <laughs> I'm like, well, um, I haven't seen his Ant-Man. What about the fucking new Ant-Man trailer? Ooh, It looks good, man. It doesn't it look good. good? And doesn't it look like something bad's going to happen? I'm so down for this. This feels like, I'm not going to say, like, it's the Empire Strikes Back, but it feels like it has a dark ending. Like, And since we know Kang's going to stick around for a while, I, I don't know, man. I think this might be the one. I mean, yeah. Given that they cannot defeat the bad guy, <laughs> given that yeah, there's about to be a not. dynasty. Exactly. <laughs> Um, it does seem that, that there may be some uh, a body count to this particular Ant-Man. Um, I did enjoy seeing a little bit of MODOK. If you, and not just MODOK, the metal face, but also big face MODOK. Like that metal face version looks like it's his armor or mask. But who is it? Does anybody know? Is it Carrie Stoll? I read online somebody theorized that it was going to be Yellow Jacket. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know why, but and that can't be a spoiler because I just read it online and shit. They didn't say it was. I think it was their their guess. Rumor mill. The rumor mill is at work. Um, but yeah, no, it looks I mean the 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 one thing that if I had to complain about, and because it's me, I probably will, is that Ant-Man the the gag of Ant-Man is that he gets small and everything else around him is big. And then, but once you put him in like outer space and like interdimensional shit where I have no real frame of reference, then his size is no longer the gag. And so then what is like, suddenly it becomes what, what, what do you, what do you do anymore? You just get small. What does small mean when everything is small or when everything is big or when you're in the quantum realm or whatever that is? Um, I have faith that they have some answer to it, but just from, from the, the, the month and a half out view it's like, I don't know what that is, but okay. All right. If you're going to bring some trauma and some tragedy to Ant-Man, I'll give you my 15 bucks to see what that looks like. Sasquatch Jenkins in chat. Never thought I'd say that. Um, said they can defeat the, they can defeat the bad guy. There are infinite Kang variants. So he can fucking beat this Kang and there'll be, might be, there's going to be another Kang. And Jonathan Majors, that's his name? Yeah. Has said mm-hmm. that he's playing multiple versions of this character. Multiple yeah. means more than two. You know, and similarly, somebody could die here. A hero could fall. That then gets resurrected, or a variant version of shows up for the Kang Dynasty or the Secret Wars or whatever it is. Um, so maybe nothing sticks, or maybe something does. We'll see what happens. Reshoots this week. Somebody, I saw an article, Mm. um, which uh, they were like, that's the closest to a release Marvel's ever done reshoots. I doubt that's true. Yeah. I mean, they they shot the final scene of Avengers the day before the premiere when they're in the shawarma place. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was either the day before the premiere or just after the premiere because that was when they would get everybody back in town. And Chris Evans as Steve Rogers is just sitting like this the whole time because he still had a beard on. And so that was the only way they could hide the beard that he didn't want to shave to shoot that ending. So like the 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 prints have been wet on the way to the theater before. Um, what else we got? Um, meanwhile, um, Batman director Matt Reeves uh, in a sit down with Collider revealed that he's expected to meet with Gunn and, uh, and fellow co-DC boss Peter Saffer in the next couple of weeks to unveil um, both the DC boss's idea for the next eight to 10 years of the, the DC universe and what the Batverse is going to be for the next, uh, the next few, few iterations. Um, and it's kind of their own thing. Like Reeves, I had a dream for this way I wanted to play out. And that's part of what I'm going to be talking to them about in a few weeks. They're going to be talking to me about what they're doing in their 10-year plan. And uh, and so we can understand what, what we're doing and they can understand what we're doing. So it's air traffic control. We don't want to be crashing into each other. We want to support each other. I'm super excited. I'm really excited to hear about what they're doing. And to be working with them, it's going to be cool, Reeves said. Um, so it seems as if, whatever's happening the bat verse is going to be its own separate discrete thing um it may or may not glance against what the main dc idea is but it doesn't seem as if it's cohesive in the same way 
that they're sticking to the Elseworlds idea, right? I like that. I like Elseworlds. I was yeah. there for the first one when yeah. they published a, a Elseworlds book. It's cool yeah, concept. It's cool concept, which means, I mean, there's also a version. It's It would be complicated for an audience, I think. And again, we're living in a variant world where people will be getting different versions of Marvel heroes that Robert Pattinson plays Batman both in the Matt Reeves Bat universe and in the main prime DC universe. Just a different version of Batman. That version could be a little bit brighter, could be a little bit less emo goth, you know, might crack a smile or two. Possible. All things are possible. You want to hear what somebody thinks is going to happen at the end of Ant-Man theory? Mm, sure. <laughs> Remember, kids, this is just theory. This is from Bran Nick. Ant-Man will die in the end to prevent Kang's escape. But Kang will escape in post-credits and Ant-Man will be presumed dead until showing back up in Secret Wars where he will be the key to winning. If that was it, I'm, I'm fucking tickled. I hope that's it. I hope that's it. I can't wait to see what it is. Do you see the... Uh, never mind. Yes. I can't. <laughs> Speaking of James Gunn, he is also writing... Somebody, a- somebody in chat said spoiler. That's not a fucking spoiler if somebody's guessing. Making it up. <laughs> yeah. Back to you. Um... Elsewhere in James Gunn news, um, he tweeted a week or so ago that he wrote one third of an unannounced DC TV show. Um, nobody's ex- explaining exactly what it is, um, given that he is still yet, uh, you know, apparently it's about a month off, uh, unveiling what the ongoing plan is going to be. Um, he did talk about there being a not just a Peacemaker season two, which is coming, um, but a Peacemaker spinoff series, um, the Viola Davis, Amanda Waller series which will pick up where john cena ends i think those are two different things it's unclear if this unannounced tv show is that or if it's a completely different new third thing but james gunn is the busiest head of a production company i've ever heard of yeah yeah but and also his output is making me feel insignificant yeah he, he's yeah he's prolific to say the least man heavens uh, bearded villain says John Hamm as Batman. I 100%, 100% agree. Let's all go and tell Warner Brothers. Let's all <laughs> tell James Gunn. We all want Bat Ham. Bat Ham. He just looks like a superhero, doesn't he? He does. He does indeed. Um, speaking of people who uh, should be superheroes, yes. Giancarlo Esposito. Is doubling down. Bugging out. Bugging out. Indeed. The star of Kaleidoscope on Netflix. Is he in that? Have you watched Kaleidoscope? I I haven't. And my my hesitancy is only because I don't know how to watch it. Apparently, you can watch them in any order. And that feels wrong to me. I would like a storyteller to tell me how I'm supposed to watch their story. And so if it's just open to interpretation that way, I feel a little like, so come on, somebody give me, and I've heard that there's various versions. There's an order that gives it chronological. There's an order that gives it according to whatever there's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm afraid. It is, um, you know, very, it seems like one of the most Netflix um, 
kind of movies or series there is like you know oh it could be watched in any order it's like man that feels like a netflix thing yeah you know and like they did that with love death robots where it would serve different viewers different orders of episodes so if i said i just watched the third one that might be the eighth episode for somebody else might be the first episode for somebody else but that's an anthology it's not a building story so i'm like all right whatever i guess but I need I, somebody got to roadmap me a little bit on kaleidoscope. Um, but at any rate, Neil in chat, this is apropos of nothing, said, Would you give a shout out to my father, Bill? We lost him New Year's Eve. He was a huge Star Wars and Star Trek fan. Smoke one up for him. Why, Neil? I never th- I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> this Happily is, done, my friend. This is for Bill, for Father Bill. Not a priest, mind you, Dad Bill. Hmm. Bam. Hey, Bam, man. I have a question about the Netflix thing. If yeah. if this show is designed that you can watch it in any order, isn't it similar to, and I'm not saying Quentin Tarantino does this, but Pulp Fiction was, was edited out of sequence. So is it conceivable that the screenwriter actually wrote it so that each piece, like, the the way things are revealed is similar to like a Quentin Tarantino movie where you get the beginning at the end and the end in the middle and the you know and and it's all wonky that way and they just figured out a way how to piece these six episodes together that it it just kind of plays that same way. Um, in chat, R Wicks one two three said Arrested Development season four. Didn't they do a similar thing where it's like you could watch it in any order? It didn't matter. I mean, technically, most sitcoms you can watch in any order and it doesn't matter. Um, but it's it's I, I I don't quite understand the virtue of that. Um, you know, like yes, there there's something to be said for the Pulp Fiction of it, which is like, oh yeah, all right, I'm I'm discovering context for things that happened earlier and jokes that had been seated before and not coming to pay off, like all of that stuff, I make sense. It's a intentional diagrammatic plan, but they just, yeah, you could just roll dice and watch them in that order. You could just fucking like 52 pickup and figure out how you wanted to, to play it. That's just, it's wonky to me. Um, you were a last of us person, right? I am very much a last of us person. Have you seen the trailer and do you like it? Um, I've seen the trailers. Um, they look they look big they look good i have faith that a uh craig mazin who did chernobyl um will will lend the same level of of storytelling rigor and, and craig, craig mazin the artful writer the artful writer the co-host of the script notes podcast um with john august um but yeah like i'm i'm here for it and i don't think that naughty dog which is the company that produced the game um given the importance of this title to them would would brook a shitty version of this game as a tv show um and i do like pedro pascal quite a bit i keep waiting for him to star in the burt reynolds biopic that he's so clearly destined to star in um because if you look at that dude you look at burt reynolds it's like the same man is that right yeah yeah especially yeah Oh, God, screw this, said a number of cool TV writers saw The Last of Us premiere and are praising it to high heaven. Supposedly, it's a game changer. Yeah, nobody nobody invites me to premieres anymore. Um, 
And the the reason, the other reason why I think it's probably good is that HBO Max decided to increase their uh, subscription fee, um, knowing that this was going to be the reason people may or may not stick around. They went from $14.95 to $15.95. I think that takes effect in February. Which I find odd, given how much shit they're pulling off of HBO Max. Like, lots of old Sesame Street episodes are not on the service anymore. Lots, yeah. of, lots of episodes. Half the Looney Tunes down as half well. Half the Looney Tunes down. You know, just they, as, I mean, I get why they're doing it. Basically, they've overexplained it at this point, but it's so like, you know, that seemed like everything all in one place. Like, I like the idea that every Looney Tunes was there. Now, did I watch them all? Fuck no. But like, if I wanted to go find them, I knew where they were. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's a, a lesson in, you know, um, appreciate it while it's there because it won't always be there object the 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 lesson is also physical media boys and girls if you buy it and you have it in your hands they can't take it away from you (laughs) if you really want it buy it austin same same as said hey kev talk about your goatee i don't have a goatee i got a beard full beard Mm. Yeah, it's more of a Van Dyke than a, than a then again, also goes all over. Oh my God. How many times I got to tell you this? Van Dyke would <laughs> have nothing here. Van Dyke would just be yeah, the. I got, I got a Van Dyke. Like an Oliver Queen. Uh, goatee is just this. That's a soul patch and shit like that. Then there's this, you know, fucking, hey, Peter, man, when you just have the mustache, <laughs> the Diedrich Bader. Two chicks. Two chicks. Same time. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking genius. I love Diedrich Bader. <laughs> uh, what other news we got? Yes, yeah, it's so, so funny that the same guy who was like, "Hey, Peter, man, get over here," <laughs> was also Batman in this lifetime, <laughs> and still is is actively Batman on the Harley Quinn show. Uh, I started talking about Giancarlo Esposito, and then we yes. fell in a rabbit hole. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh, is doubling down on his desire to play Charles Xavier. I applaud this. I think he would be great for Professor X. I, I was at, I'm going to, now I'm going to fucking name drop and shit. Not name drop, but I'm going to say that I know him. Um, we were at a con, one of these fan expo cons recently. And by the way, hands down, best dressed person at any con will always be Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Fuck. Like, always looks like he's coming from a magazine shoot. Uh, but the day that the Professor X story kind of like broke, um, he rolled by, he was like on his way out, you know, from the, the floor, from his booth or whatever, and chit-chatted. And I was like, is that true? And he goes, I hope it is. He's going, I want that to be true so badly. I was like, I think that's great casting. He was like, I know. He's going, most people would expect me to play a villain. He's going, but like, you know, Professor X is complicated, to say the least. He's a hero, yes, but like, there are nuances there. And and man, just as he spoke about the character, you could tell he knew what the fuck he was talking about he wasn't just like hey marvel's hot i'll do that like he knew like this is a character that i could really knock out the park so i i I hope that'd be cool yeah i mean his his quote from the stage of the tjh superhero car show and comic-con in san antonio texas is uh i have not worked for marvel yet i've been in the room with them and i've talked to them i'm gonna go for something that's a little bit different i'm gonna go out and put it into the universe that i'd like to play professor x 
Sasquatch Jenkins in chat says, I would love to see him play Dr. Doom. And now, now I'm in love with that idea too. Oh my God. He would be an amazing guy. Look, point being, give Giancarlo Esposito a role, whatever the fuck he wants. This is one of the greatest actors we got working today. Yeah. But I mean, I think that there's, there's a certain amount of typecast that comes to him where like, he's great at bad guys. So he only seems to play bad guys between Gus Fring and Moff Gideon and Stan Edgar on the boys. And like, that's, that's his whole move, which makes it so much more interesting for me if he suddenly is playing the hero. And to your point, a hero with shades, a hero who's complicated, a hero who has done less than heroic things, you know, and I don't know how they're going to treat Jean Grey in this new X-Men, but what, what Charles Xavier does to Jean Grey is monstrous. Um, and so to have an actor who can find that depth of 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 venality while also presenting as your hero i think that's just fascinating it becomes interesting way more interesting to me than if it's just another wonderful guy who's always played wonderful heroes um there are a bunch of people theorizing that um henry henry cavill's going to play dr doom was you was that a thing that was floating out there smart idea Dr. Doom, you know, one of the incarnations is beautiful underneath that metal mask. He's vain. He just has a tiny little mark. That's why he wears the metal mask and shit. Like Henry Cavill's a beautiful man. They'd be smart to scoop him up, man. Oh, my God. It'd be a good yeah. idea. I don't know if that is, if there's any truth to that, because they haven't announced any fantastic forecasting. But given that Superman is no longer on his uh, to-do list, he's got a little bit of bandwidth. Um, Henry Cavill is Captain Britain, says Pablo, hands down. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, sure. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say hands down, but like, yeah, I, I guess that's. I mean, a no it's, it's obvious. Evan Fowler goes. Henry Cavill should play Bizarro. <laughs> be nuts, man! They're like, he ain't gonna be Superman anymore because he's gonna be Bizarro. <laughs> um. Dagnificent says Giancarlo is my Xavier if Denzel plays Magneto. Fuck, I'd see that movie. I'd see <laughs> the fuck out of all that. Um, all right, what else we got? Um, Dave Batista, he of the Yale Glass Onion and the Beast Raban fame, um, says he's ready to move on from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And in a GQ interview, even though he says he's so grateful for for and loves Drax the Destroyer. Um, he there's a sense of relief that uh, his time as uh, said destroyer will come to a close with May 5th and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, he said, uh, the quote is, working on the film wasn't all pleasant. It was hard playing that role. The makeup process was beating me down and I just don't know if I, would, if I want Drax to be my legacy. It's a silly performance and I want to do more dramatic stuff. Um, and he's like, honestly, I could give a fuck about being a movie star. I don't live a great, big, glamorous life. I live in Tampa. I don't care about the spotlight. I don't care about fame. I just want to be a better actor. I want respect from my peers. It's about the experience, about knowing that I accomplished something. Um, which, you know, like power to him, man. I think that, 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 that the good actors come to that point in their life, in their career, where they, they look at the work they've been doing and they want to kind of level up. I think Tom Cruise went through that phase you know, post-Top Gun, um, which you may or may not have seen once. Um, 
and then started working with Martin Scorsese and started working with Paul Thomas Anderson and started making really interesting movies with really interesting directors and like fucking Stanley Kubrick because he wanted to level up. He wanted to work with the best, hoping that they would raise his game. And by all lights, it did. And so for him to want to do that, yeah, I hear it. I understand it completely. And he's kind of on the way. I mean, fucking he's in, Ryan Johnson is one of the best filmmakers working today. And he's in Knives Out, part two, Glass Onion. Denis Villeneuve is one of the best filmmakers working today. And he's in two parts of Dune. Like, he's already on, apparently, the shortlist <laughs> for some great directors. And so, hell yeah. More of that. A lot of people pointing out that he's talked about wanting to play Bane for a long time. Yeah, you know, I mean, James Gunn likes him, clearly. Like, if if there's there's a ton of interesting characters to be played in the DC universe that might give him more to chew on than Drax did. Um, talk for a second. My mom just texted me. Um, I mean, speaking of which, I think he'd be a very interesting choice as Swamp Thing. I would watch Dave Bautista lean into that. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, he does have the dramatic chaps for a for a Swamp Thing. Did it get darker in here? Yeah, it's light. Can you hit that light one more time? It's getting moody in here. Mm, you know, about I'm swamp one thing. of the fucking smart bulbs in here, and it's really not that smart. <laughs> it's like there's nobody here. Nobody's moving. I'm gonna turn off now. Wow, there's so much light business. Yeah, well, like a disco. It is. It's like a goddamn light show. Well, Josh Roush is here. He'll fucking he'll put on a fucking light show for you. Yeah, look at that shit. Yeah, I don't know fucking Cleed on that shit. Um, uh, Josh Roush, Roushamon kids, January twenty fifth to the twenty eighth at Smod Castle Cinemas. Come see Wrong Reasons. Uh, the movie uh, that I produced, Josh directed, <laughs> lives, stars in, and produces, and all the documentaries that he's making. Why is it getting dark in here? I'm trying to fix Can't we just put like a, a an old you style bulb? <laughs> Whatever happened to tungsten lights? <laughs> where's my filament? <laughs> yes, where's my <laughs> word, man? You're right. That don't happen anymore. The filament's gone. The dumb one. It's all fucking LEDs, baby. It's all LEDs these <laughs> days. I want to hear some metal sizzle, motherfucker. Um, Maybe two more items. What do you got? Stephen Amell is strapping on his arrow tights one last time for the uh, for the last season of The Flash. Is it going to be? A, they're not saying what, but I assume it's flashback stuff. They're not bringing him back from the dead, are they? Um. Oh, I guess they could because he runs real fast and he can run through time and shit. He can run through time. This um, is it. Huh? This is the last season for the Flash. They got, uh, I mean, unintended, but they got a good run out of that show. Nice running CW show. Um, I believe so. I believe it out. It out. It finally outpaced uh, Arrow, which was the first. Um, but yeah, so he's going to return to guest star in episode nine zero nine. Um, joining David Ramsey, who's back as John Diggle, and Kenyon Lonsdale as Wally West and Kid Flash, and uh, Sendhil Rahmamurthy, who's uh, Ramsey Rosso slash Bloodwork. Um, 
And so, yeah, man, just one last time, strap on those fucking tights and an arrow and maybe don't fail this city. This is don't fail this city. <laughs> Deep cuts. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, and I found this interesting, that Sherlock Holmes is finally entirely in the public domain. Um, copyrights on works from 1927, including Arthur Conan Doyle's final short story collection, The Casebook of Sherlock Holmes, has expired, becoming free for public use without permission or cost, as more works enter the public domain after an extended 95-year period. Um, other books entering the public domain include uh, Herbert Asbury's The Gangs of New York, Agatha Christie's The Big Four, William Faulkner's Mosquitoes and Ernest Hemingway's Men Without Women, films like The Jazz Singer, Wings, which is the winner of the first ever Academy Award for Outstanding Picture, and Metropolis, Fritz Lang's seminal work. Um, musical compositions like Irving Berlin's Putting on the Ritz, um, Duke Ellington and Bob Bub Millie's Black and Tan Fantasy, and some other stuff. Um, so yeah, man, if you want to make a Sherlock Holmes movie, go ahead. You don't got to pay nobody. Just like if you want to make a Winnie the Pooh story, go ahead. Now, there's some elements of Winnie the Pooh you can't use. I think Tigger was an invention or, or Eeyore was an invention. Something comes from the animated stuff that is not public domain. But that is how they're making a Winnie the Pooh blood and honey horror film. Right. Because it's now public domain. So go for it, y'all. Um, so that means nobody owns Sherlock Holmes anymore. Correct. Belongs to the universe. And Sherlock Holmes just went available this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it had same, been parts of it had been available. Same year as Mickey Mouse. He's going. Uh, the yeah. uh, Steamboat Willie Mickey is going to about to enter public domain. Yeah, I'm sure Disney will have some version of and I think Disney might have even been behind the uh, the Copyright Term Extension Act. Um, yeah, which was in 1998, um, because copyrights from 1927, including Steamboat Willie, were set to expire in 2022, and the 98 Copyright Extension Act extended that expiration date to 2023. Um, so yeah, man, it's uh, it's a brave new world. If you wanted to do Sherlock Holmes versus uh, Dracula, you 100 could, because both of those were in the public. You don't have to pay anybody jack shit. You can do fucking Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula versus Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's all happening. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. Watson dies, teams up with Jay and Silent Bob to solve a mystery. You own all, <laughs> you could do all of those things. I, I don't have to ask anybody for permission. I'm nope. in. Um what else we got? You can get Donnell Rollins to play Sherlock Holmes. But he's oh, that'd be amazing. Sherlock Holmes. And you could get. <laughs> Don't give away good ideas like that. Yo, Holmes, what? Come solve this fucking crime. They could team uh, up with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. You could call him Fred, and you could wear a white shirt and blue pants, and just don't ever reference his dog. He's a detective, but he's like, I fell out with my old friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking for a new gang. Um, somebody in chat was saying something about some fucking news story that we didn't cover. And now I forget what it was. So if you're 
we're about to wrap up the news. Is there anything we didn't talk about, kids? Uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa Marie Presley passed away. Yeah. All right. We'll start there. Um, Before we jump into that, anybody know how Jeremy Renner's doing? I think he's in. I think he's in stable condition. The last I heard, you know, like he was given thumbs up from his hospital bed after being pulverized by some kind of lawn machinery equipment. <clears throat> no plows, no cat or something. No plow. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it seems to have done some massive damage. Um, and he was, he was critical for a while, but I think now he's stable. Um, seeing, I, I saw police report like, uh, you know, some clickbait headline where they were like, the police say what really happened with Jeremy Renner. And of course I was like, really? Clicked on it. And the story was that he was, the sheriff was like, he was trying to help somebody shovel out to their car. He's always trying to help people. <laughs> it took like a really nice story and gave it the most clickbaity headline mm-hmm. like a dick i was like "Ooh, what is the real story and the real story is like he's a real nice guy <laughs> that's about a dude um hey, i have in that regard i have news that every other outlet's already broke but uh i saw it firsthand last night uh steven spielberg and john williams did a little chat discussing their 50 years of collaboration on his movies and uh they asked john williams if he was really retiring from making movies and he said uh i can never say no to steven spielberg so if steven asks me to come back to do another movie i will whoa so john williams maybe is not done yet he said uh you know, I can't imagine my life without music. And uh, so that's good, good news for everybody. That is. Hell yeah. He worked, he did the score for Fableman's, right? Yeah, that, that was supposed to be his last score. Mm-hmm. That movie's wonderful. Um, in I, the didn't, chat- I didn't love it as much as you did. You go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Get up! We are finished. No. Um, they said in chat, there's a new Alien TV show. Do you know about this? Um, yes. It is uh, Noah Hawley, who had done Fargo. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Legion, yeah. Has been working on that for a while. The, I think the news out of TCAs, which I think the winter TCAs are happening this week, from John Langraff is that they are they are prepping to film it, prepping for production for this year. Um, but no other real details beyond that. Um, and also, a lot of people are saying in chat, I, don't, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a rumor. Uh, Jeff Beck passed away. I didn't come across that news, but I think it just happened while we were doing the show. Oh, no, wow. It was yesterday or last night. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, check this out. Michael Ferdinand pitch. He did a Mark Bernard, and he's got a pitch for what I sound sounds like a pretty decent movie. Movie called Public Domain, where a film student goes to get an idea for a thesis and finds a magical book that brings public domain characters to life. Okay, you're harsh. 
You didn't support that? Can't co-sign that? Jeff Beck yeah. passed away two days ago, people are saying. It was the other day. It's the 10th. Yeah. Um, Lisa Marie Presley did pass away uh, yesterday, I think. Um, and that was just crazy fucking sad. Yeah, 55 years old, I think. So young. She's got that song, um, Lights Out. Is that what it was? Um, someone turn the lights out down in Memphis. There's this line in that song that was always kind of haunting where she talked about um, last time I was there, she's talking about Graceland. This whole song. Mm. She goes, last time I was there, I noticed a space left in the ground there in Memphis. And she was singing about her grave because they tend to bury the whole family there. Um, so sad to think that she's headed to that grave this early. Yeah. Like my mom, like she, my mom was heartbroken. She's like, I remember when they had the press conference and she came home and like, you know, uh, I guess for like a lot of older people, she's been, they, they saw her whole lifespan. She's just always been around since I've been around and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I fucked with Graceland fairly recently. Like last year I took Grace, my mom to Graceland and um, fell down a f bit of an Elvis hole, which we won't get into here, of course. Uh, again, spent some time down there. Just spent some time. If you know Elvis, made. Um, but like while I was at Graceland, there's a lot of uh, Lisa Marie stuff, and and um, she, you know I never met her or anything like that, but she seemed like a sweet, sweet person. The uh, it was very sad. They had her, you know, her. She had her daughter is Riley Keough, the actress. Mm -hmm. Um, but she also had a son and he passed away and he was like buried there on the other side of, of Elvis. Um, she far too young to be going in the ground, man. It's a shame. What was it? Mass cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is what I saw reported. Um, but I don't know if they've yet done the autopsy and revealed anything beyond that. Mm. Um, somebody says Kevin's way too high. Number one, no such thing. Uh, but number two, God, no, not at all. I'll, I'll tell you if I'm baking and shit. Um, I was more, I was more sad, you know, about this whole thing. I mean, is she not that much older than me? And I survived a hard thing. So it's a bummer, man. It's a real bummer. Um, yeah. Indeed. Um, she was just uh, at the Golden Globes. Like I, I saw a, a clip where she was talking to Austin Butler, who won for Elvis. Yeah. Um, who I'd be remiss if I didn't point out was also in Yoga Hosers. <laughs> Years ago, kids. You found him when he was young. Um, but uh, yeah. What? Oh, somebody just pointed. Kurt Frazier said Adam Rich also passed away, fifty-four, a couple of days ago. That was Nicholas from fucking eight is enough. Young Nicholas. He passed away. He was young. I, 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 uh, uh. Nah. Whose grandma died at 46? Robert Mills says her grandma died at 46. Who, Lisa Marie? What grandma was Elvis's that? mother? No, she. I thought she lived way longer than that. Um, 
Yeah, 54. Bem Bamboo says 54 is not enough. You ain't kidding, man. I mean, geez. I love that song, Lights Out. That her that album was good. Um all right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh Laura D says, can we change the subject now? Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Uh Gray says, I live in Little Rock. We are all heartbroken two hours from Memphis. Um Austin Santa says, Kevin, why are you thinner? Uh, I had a, please don't make me fucking bring up the heart attack that somebody earlier accused me of bringing up far too much. But uh, in February on the 25th, when you can see me and Ralph doing uh, a Babylon heart attack anniversary show at Flappers, tickets at cspod.com. Um, five years ago, I had a heart attack. And, uh, and after that, I went vegan. And then I started exercising more and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm trying to stay alive. That's it. Essentially. Uh, okay. We're done with the news. That's all the news. Nobody else has news. Done with the news. Done with the news, man. Um, Gladys Presley died in 58. She was born in 1912. Oh, said Robert Mills. Wow. All right. You guys, fucking, there's a guy who knows more about Elvis than me. Max Flay says, wait, Kevin had a heart attack? <laughs> two things i know about me or two things you'll never not know about me one i made clerks the other is night heart attack <laughs> i talk about them incessantly. um okay um dude says the dude just dude how'd you get that name says no ezra talk is there any ezra talk to be had what happened uh he just signed a plea deal and i think vermont courts to get out of some of those i'm sorry they have signed a plea deal in Vermont courts to uh, to get out of the charges of house arrest, illegal house arrest or imprisonment or whatever that was. Basically, it's a year of rehab and uh, and and no alcohol or whatever it is. Um, feels a little slap in the wristish, but also, you know, the 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 days of movie studios still having some influence over <laughs> what happens to their movie stars before movies come out or not over. Um, <laughs> the Rob Brown channel said, made clerks, had heart attack, big friends with Victor Garber. <laughs> the three truths. <laughs> Still haven't been able to fucking close the loop on that one. Uh, J Jason McKibben, McKibben says, what's up with Constantine 2? Is there news of Constantine 2? Not that I've heard beyond I knew they wanted to make one. And I think that they had talked to Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves about doing it. But that was like six months ago. And so no no updates. Henry Pena in chat is writing in all caps. And he writes, I am writing in all caps. Witness me. Buddies <laughs> <sighs> is funnier than me. Um, that's not difficult. It's being called Constant Tune. Like with a two instead of an I. <laughs> Guns and twine. <laughs> it was announced, Kyler J says. Uh, yeah. Okay. Here's the here's the Ezra Miller stuff. Okay. Um, after being charged for stealing liquor from a Vermont neighbor in May, Ezra Miller's plea deal for a reduced sentence of trespassing was accepted Friday by a Superior Court judge in the Green Mountain State. In addition to paying five hundred dollars, Miller will also need to serve one year on administrative probation. 
As part of the plea agreement here, the state will dismiss without prejudice counts one and two of the burglary and petit larceny. Um, yeah. The flash star was originally charged with three counts of burglary, petit, petit larceny. Sounds adorable. And trespassing in a May 1st incident that involved Miller breaking into Stanford, Vermont neighbor Isaac Winokur's pantry in which he lifted a bottle of gin, vodka, and rum. Virginia State Police didn't locate Miller to issue a citation until August 7th. I'm sorry, but Peter Crickson in, in the comments section wrote, why didn't he run? <laughs> why didn't they run? And he wrote, yeah, it's just, you know, I know fucking the people that play the characters aren't expected to be the characters in real life. I, you know, I'm, I'm, look, I fucking play Silent Bob and you can't shut my fucking dumb ass up. That being said, it just feels weird that the guy who plays the, that they who play the Flash is so in trouble with the law. Or maybe not anymore. Is this it? Are they. Is, I don't think so. I think there were a bunch of other issues that had surrounded said person. Um, this being maybe the most minor of them. <laughs> Broken and stole some, some booze as opposed to, you know, keeping children hostage with loaded guns around. And uh, Oh, man. Oh, there's still going to be a movie starring this person. Yeah, you can't stop it. No, he's stop trying. It. They're trying their best to stop it. That movie is happening. Yeah. Come hell or high water. Um, yeah, everyone's talking about like the movie's supposed to be great. I, I hear the movie's really wonderful. Um, all right. Why are we Boston Samus says Kevin Mark talk about AI in Hollywood? Why is that a topic this week? I don't know if it's a topic this week as much as you know. There's the the there's a big movement, I suppose, against AI in the art world because if you go onto apps or websites like Midjourney, you can input a bunch of search terms and it will create for you um, a piece of artwork um, using millions of images that have been scanned in from some people who you know, potentially did not give permission for those images to be scanned into. And so there are artists who believe that that will sort of empower people to skip hiring actual artists to do things like concept illustration and design work and, you know, pre-visualization of stuff if they can just type in the search terms and get what they think they want. Um, it is not a good thing. Um, it only opens the door to bad things. And there are now... I think apps, I think one of them is called like chat GPT that is uh, for writers where they can say, give me a eight page term paper on the, you know, the economic forces that created blah, blah, blah. And then you could reliably count on it to churn out words that make sense. Whether or not that will ever get so far as to, hey, I would like you to write me a blockbuster movie computer. Here's what I want it to be about. Here's what I want the conflicts to be. Here's where I want the plot points to turn. Go for it. And then have something churn out for you 100 pages. That's a screenplay that you can go, then go shoot. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. Uh um, I mean, it's, you know, I've done enough talking, writing, 
making terrible movies that I'm sure at this point that you could ask, you know, an AI, like just fucking give me another fucking Kevin Smith thing. And they could pretty much deliver. Except red state. That'd be tough to replicate. And Tusk. That was weird too. Yeah. I mean, I think that parks too, one of a kind. That's, that's the thing is that you can hundred percent input a bunch of storytelling dogma, pardon the pun. Um, about structure and about plot and about character and it it could theoretically give you something that looks like a movie but will not have any inspiration won't know where to make mistakes or to do things that have never been done before you won't get originality you will just get a carbon copy of something else um which is the only thing that gives me some semblance of uh solace um duck nagoyan and chat goes, write me a Kevin Smith movie, dot, dot, dot. Not yoga hosers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, man, I always felt like, you know, much like uh, the chef in Ratatouille, the dead ghost guy, anyone could cook. And uh, anybody could write. On a, on a good day, everybody got at least one interesting story in them and stuff. And now... We found out that the robots can do it too. Yeah. It's just weird though that like, you know, it used to be you could copy shit from an encyclopedia for a report. Then I would imagine you could copy and paste from Wikipedia or whatever for a report in school. Now you could literally not even do the report and just be like, computer and fucking it writes the report for you. That's nuts. Does it say how long it is? Is it instantaneous? Um, I don't know what the processing time is like. Um, not entirely sure of that, you know, and I'm sure that you'd have to continue to poke it and prod it to revise it and get it close to something usable, but I don't know, man. I don't know. And, 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 I, and I do think the, uh, the, the Gusto maxim was anyone can cook which was not the meaning. It was a good cook can come from anywhere as Anton Ego would then later correct us to. And so like, yeah, like you don't, you don't need higher education. You don't need parents in the biz. You don't need whatever to be a writer. Good writers can come from anywhere, but not everyone can write. Henry Pena says, Kev, anybody can sing happy birthday, but when Celine Dion does it, dot 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 you know i guess so does she sing her i mean look she's i i get that she's an amazing singer but does she do an incredible happy birthday I've never heard his it. point his point is just like you know and the ai can write a script but it doesn't it ain't gonna be like you know fucking an aaron sorkin script right yeah ai ai will never get you pulp fiction because none of that is according to any conventionally perceived screenwriting formulas or maxims or even this is how we do this you couldn't put 100 screenplays into an ai and expect to get pulp fiction out the other side i'm sorry i can't let you say that without doing this this is how we do this this is how we do this it's friday night oh my god it's literally friday night i feel all right 
That's right. I got shit to do after this, man. I forgot. I got a screening at Smog Castle Cinemas. Hey, hey, what? what? Hey, are what? you on the East Coast? Uh, you watching the show? You, hey, 10 o'clock. We're showing Friday the 13th, man. I'm gonna intro it, talk some shit before the movie, drop some science. That's what I love about movie, owning a movie theater. I just walk downstairs and force the audience to listen to my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Eat for this. Shut up and listen to my thoughts. <laughs> Start the movie. Shut up. Not don't yet. don't fucking tell me to shush, Silent Bob. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, we're done with the news. Done with Does the news. I mean that it's time for Banff Man to hit it so we can quit it. Banff. All right, got there a bunch is. of good questions. Pick three. Nice. Uh, the first one, Skank Hunt 42. If yeah. you could make special a special Star Wars parody episode of any sitcom, past or present, what show would you choose to do and who would play the different parts? First off, uh, my grandmother's maiden name was Skank Hunt. So this is very touching. Um, second off, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, pick a sitcom and and do a Star Wars parody episode. So Put like Star Wars people in it? Like that 70s show did a Star Wars parody where like uh Donna played Leia and Eric Foreman played uh Luke Skywalker. Like pick a sitcom. Oh, is this some sort of a dream sequence or something? Yeah, they did it in a dream sequence. Or like Family Guy did it where they like put all of their characters as Star Wars characters and did like a spoof. Interesting. Okay, so what show do I want them to do a Star Wars episode in? Chernobyl. <laughs> you can see that, right? Fucking like one of the Ruskies is dressing up like Darth Vader and they're like, "Die, we will all die. <laughs> I mean, the one that makes the most sense would be like Big Bang Theory, right? Like that's yeah. a no brainer. I can't imagine. It wasn't every episode some sort of Star Wars parody <laughs> on that show. Um, no, I'm imagining Stellan Skarsgård's crazy Russian dude. What about? Uh, let me see. Let me you see. prefer a meltdown, a military meltdown? The name, the factory. I don't know. You got one, Mark. I got one. I got oh. one. I think I would like to imagine um, as as Han Solo, you would have uh, Fraser Crane as Luke Skywalker. You'd have his brothers Niles as Obi Wan Kenobi. You'd have the dad Martin as Princess Leia. You would get Roz Doyle, and uh, and they're just the Millennium Falcon is their living room. And Eddie the dog is Chewbacca. Eddie the dog is Chewbacca. Frazier 
That's Star Wars. Star Wars is Frazier. I see the game you're playing. In the <laughs> moments like this, I realize, like, I don't have that Mad Magazine gene. I'm finding it hard to get my head around this formula. Um, hmm. 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 Was about cheers. <laughs> Pick a sitcom. Like any sitcom between 1985. Um Taxi? <laughs> no. All right. The facts of life. Ooh. So Mrs. Garrett is Ben Kenobi. Judy <laughs> is Luke Skywalker. I know everyone expects me to say Lando. No. She's no. Luke Skywalker. Because she's always so, like, bright-eyed, like, Luke. Uh, fucking Joe is definitely Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Where is Princess Leia? Oh, my God, I did it. See? Look at that. Man, 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 man. I played your fucking game, Skank Hunter. <laughs> and I won! Half <laughs> man, you got an answer for this shit, or can we move on? I, I think let's move on. I don't have anything. Give me more contributing to this this one. Star Wars question that he wants to pass on. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have a great answer for this, and then I no, I'm not gonna beat Mark's answer. So, for those who came in late, um, hey, go download Amp, the app, because next week I start uh, Kevin Smith's movie music in the morning. On the AMP app. Uh-oh, I, I lost another light. God damn it. I need these jobs because I can't pay my electric bill, obviously. <laughs> uh, download it and follow Kevin Smith, man. Three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays. And it's from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, uh, PST. There you go. All right, into the next question. Uh, the OG Zombie um says martin luther king day is on monday uh, mm. if you were going to give dr king superpowers what superpower would you give him and why well you know wasn't the idea that like charles xavier was always kind of meant to be the martin luther king of comics of sorts so i don't know give him charles xavier's powers man give him cerebro yeah cerebro because he's black. Cerebro. Cerebro. <laughs> Cerebro. <laughs> Cerebro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was all, that, that was the early sort of analogy was that, yeah, Charles Xavier's Martin Luther King and Magneto was Malcolm X, that they both wanted the same thing, but would go to far different lengths to achieve them. Um. So yeah, like mental powers to change hearts and minds seems like it would be high on the uh, on the Malcolm. I'm sorry, on the Martin Luther King power list. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like making a Mister Fantastic would also be fucking awesome. Like stretchy. he's he's brilliant. Yeah, super brilliant and crazy stretchy. <laughs> just for fun. Just for fucking shits and giggles. Um, yeah, like his fantastic. words, like his words could influence and change minds, right? Yeah. That would be like the on the nose 
but it's like an actual superpower. He's just banshee, like every time he screams, (laughs) (laughs) he's flying. Where's it going? I've gone to the top of the mountain. I may not stay here with you because I can also fly. I just realized, wasn't the guy who played Banshee in the, was it Banshee? Yeah, in the first class. Is he also the dude who was in Get Out? Mm Mm-hmm. Played the brother? The shitty brother? Let's put that shit together. Mr. Lacrosse? He's always playing the shitty brother in some way, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Plays a lot of a lot of villains, except for that Banshee thing. <laughs> Good actor, that guy. Um, yeah, thinking about, it, I was like, oh my god. Uh, Stanley asked, "Has JC been to Kevin's theater? Not yet. A couple weeks, probably. More coming. Two or three. Eastbound and down, eighteen wheels and road. Then we gonna do what they say can't be done." Uh, you always go 18 wheels and rolling because that's in the lyrics eastbound and down loaded up and trucking i think they change it up throughout like i think it's like first verse second probably (laughs) Uh, but in the movie too like they probably came in with loaded up and trucking after they got all the cores right like that's the first time they do that song like, like verse one is loaded up and trucking. And then verse two is 18 wheels and rolling. And I'm sure there's a third verse. Oh, I, I would fuck with some Smokey and the Bandit film festival. At least one and two. Maybe not three, but fucking one yeah. and two. You don't need to go to the point where it's just Jerry Reed. Yeah, you can't. You know, best Burtless movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, what else we got? Man. Uh last hey. one. Yeah. Um this is from Tom Herbert Doyle in Australia. Ooh, good day. Wants to know if you could jump forward in time once and then live the rest of your life there, how many years forward would you go? I could jump forward and live there for the rest of my life in that one year. In well, the, in that, you'd in like that- yeah, so like you could go two thousand years in the future, and hope that uh, they can put your head in a jar like Futurama, and you can live forever. Like, how far in the future do you go if you have a chance to go into the future? Oh, okay. I'm not a very adventurous or courageous man, or even person. Remove my gender. As a human being, I'm not very courageous. I, I'm fear-based. And somebody told me that recently. Who was it? Jason's wife, Jordan. She goes, you're pretty fear-based. And I was first, I, I wanted to get mad at her, but then I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um <laughs> i um i don't know why i started telling that story oh fear-based means i would not go a thousand years into the future for fear of it being like a dystopian fucking nightmare or not even a dystopian nightmare what if it's just like you know in this in the future anyone with a beard is executed or something like that we're wearing a backwards baseball cap but you know that's that's you might as well fucking scream hitler in a crowded movie theater or some such shit or worse like, they have no baseball caps 
well, no, then I, then I rule. Then I'm their king and leader because I've got one. <laughs> as far as they know, that's how you're supposed to wear it. I don't know that I would jump that far. Can I go back in time? Can I go back in time? Uh, let's, yeah, that, it's not part of the question, but why not? Oh, it's not? All right, well, stick to the rules. So I'm only going forward. Only going forward. Only going into the unknown. Yes, that's the unknown. You can't always look to the past. You got to look forward. Um, here we go. I'm looking forward. Wait, do, when I get there, am I that old? Or am I as old you're as I am? You're same age. So you're the same age. So you could go 100 years in the future and live out the rest of your life at that point. From this age forward. Correct. Yes. Can I go to a place where I coexist with myself? I think so. Or do I so. have to jump far enough away that I'm dead? Because this becomes very grim if it's like, I got to figure, then I know when I die. In order to make this jump and I can't be in the same place for a risk of one of us stopping existing, they got to essentially give me the like, well, you you know, I'm not saying anything, but don't go before June 12th, 20 fucking 14 or whatever. 2014, I'd be dead already. 2084 or whatever the fuck. I'm not going to live that long either. I'm not good at this. 2030. <laughs> um. Maybe the that time cop like, rules don't have to apply. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Which is another movie for your cop. Dude, that's a cop God. movie as well. I would, I would love to send you a year or two in the future. And then you do I would love a, to go one year in the future, like to November. Like Just a ticket. But you do a Fat Man with Fat Man show where it's your future self co-hosting a show with your past self telling your future self about the movies that they can watch now that they've already come out i'm getting the inside dope from me yeah what do i, I need got... fucking bernardin for <laughs> Like Kevin, Kevin is just going to time travel like three, four years in the future to see Secret Wars and then come back and tell him how good it was. What a good, there it is. There's my fucking answer right there. <laughs> yeah, like May 2026. Oh my God. And they're like, don't you want to like travel to see your daughter get married, have a kid? I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I mean, if that's happening adjacent to Secret Wars, then I would love to pop in and see that. Great. I'll be there. Save me a seat. Um, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I think as far as I feel safe going is worse. Can I come back? Is that or am I trapped there forever? You're trapped there. That's the rest of it. So like if you go beyond like like you went 20 years in the future, you could like see Harley when she was like in her 40s and be like, "Hey, look at this." And like live out what a, what a weird, adult life. What a weird fantasy movie that is. It's like, I want to travel back in time and meet my daughter in her 40s. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Like, I so, don't know. I saw her when she was a baby and she was pretty happy. I always wondered if she'd grow up and be shitty and depressed as a 40-year-old. <laughs> Take me to my daughter at age 40. <laughs> Kevin, it's your kid. <laughs> what is she an asshole <laughs> let me tell you harley at age 23 blames me for everything anyway right now <laughs> might as well jump to age 40 um 
I, I don't I, I yeah. I don't know. I, I What do I know what happened in the missing time that I jumped to? No, you're just like, hey, it's the year 2080. And like now you get to catch up. Like, would you travel yeah, but... to like Star Trek times in hopes that society? What the, is, what the fuck is Star Trek times? It's fiction, bro. That's like referring to Game of Thrones <laughs> as medieval. It's like <laughs> Star Trek times. Um, don't be silly, but you could go back to Star Wars times. <laughs> a long time ago, yeah. In a galaxy far, far away. Because that's history. <laughs> yes, that's history. That's that happened. Um, Darth Smirnoff says Kevin has way too many questions for this simple question. <laughs> I guess I'm reading way too much. So many provisos. Um, people are like, just say five and let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm taking this real seriously. <laughs> All right. So I'm 52. It's just what I'm having a problem with is like, what, what happened? Like, did I make clerks for what happened between when I jumped and landed? Like, will I, if I look in history books, film history or the internet, will it say, like he, Kevin Smith disappeared the day that I disappeared to jump to the future. Or will I read about all these wonderful adventures that I had that I don't remember because I bypassed them because I jumped to the fucking future? Because quite like another famous Smith, I quote, I don't want to miss a thing. I, I think according to, to <laughs> whatever his name's rules are, yes, you disappear. You vanish from your life and then you reappear in the time that you you designated. And so people will have buried you or whatever, like they'll have buried a backward baseball cap and a and a couple of buttons on a blazer and have said the ceremonies and have done the things and made peace with it, and then you show back up. Hey! Yeah, it's like a it's like the the snap or the blip, but then you 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 get to choose when you blip back. Um, Nick Johnson says, jump 30 years and you can see all the Marvel and DC films. That's a good point. At once. Just fucking spend a weekend. In your movie yeah. theater. You could sell tickets to them and and not have to pay the the 90% back to the studio. You'd be like, I'm going to get Iron Man 12 for 300 bucks and talk about it because I've never seen it and everybody else has. Or even better, it's like they're probably all in the public domain if I jump far enough. Maybe that's what I do. Or jump in the public domain. What I do here is a multi-part plan. Brainstorm some really good fucking ideas for characters that we could never touch in this lifetime, me and Mark. Mm. Then I jump to the time when that shit's in the public domain and fucking... Does that make us rich? Probably not. I was I was going to imagine this thing is stepping there somewhere. I mean, yeah. not like we were going to be rich at the end of it, but it didn't. Really <laughs> or or you you jump into the future like thirty years, and then yeah. you still have the movie theater, and then the event is Kevin's resurrection day. Come watch all the movies he's missed with him. You can sell those tickets like nobody's fucking business. Oh, you're not kidding. We would sell out in a day easy. Oh, um, you'd have to like do this. So, 
when I leave, is it like a big fucking center? Like, is the high school band there and everyone's seeing me off because we know I'm going to return and shit? Like, I, I, knowing me, I'm making a big thing of it. So I'm on stage in front of a full theater going like, people of Atlantic Islands, I journey now into the future. <laughs> <laughs> like Phineas Fogg, like you're about to, <laughs> I'm around the world in 80 days. <laughs> like the wizard, man. Like I get in a balloon and shit and take off. But so, so that I can predict when I'm going to come back and shit. Like so I can say, oh, it's going to be this date. It's a yeah, time we'll capsule. See. It's a Kevin Smith time capsule. It's a time capsule. capsule. <laughs> and people are like, is he really jumping to the future or is he just. I don't know, going away. Did he just blow himself up? Yeah, <laughs> like, is he fucking, is he cryogenically freezing himself? Yeah, I guess th- I can roll with that sort of thing. It, it's the prestige. Just like, he just fucking vanished. <laughs> <laughs> it's the prestige. He fucking killed his twin brother. <laughs> That's how important this bullshit was to him. He there's was very committed. There's a youth- field full of hats and bunnies out there. He's been doing some fucked up shit. <laughs> Hats and buddies. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> no closer to an answer. <laughs> no. Uh, let me see. <laughs> what am I really most looking forward to movie wise? I mean, that fucking like pick 30 years and see all the movies is pretty smart. Like, I guess I could do that. And then when I'm done watching him, I could see if like Harley's still around and I mean, I might still be around in 30 years. How old am I? 52? Make it to 82? So it could be I disappear and I show back up and there's me. And I get to find out what I did while I was gone? No, we established I can't do this. Let's just say 30 years and move on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to Star Trek times. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Right? Like you jump ahead... A thousand years with the hope that it's better and it's not like days of future past. You're like next gen, not days of future past. Yeah. Like I'm hoping for like, you know, 2400. Like we'll have fucking dealt with all this bullshit. We'll have figured out the the environment. We'll have figured out the economy. We'll have, you know, gotten rid of morons or at least kept the morons from being in charge of too many things um space travel is real you can probably live for like two or three hundred years because we fixed that shit like the the utopia the the promised utopia of tomorrow is what i'm banking on and then flying cars finally flying cars fucking blowjob robots like all of it like (laughs) blowjob robots exist now yeah but they're not great like the good ones Oh my God! See, that's such <laughs> a negative person. You're like, yeah, they exist, but they're not great. I mean, they're fine. <laughs> Got to learn to live with like good enough. That's my middle name, Kevin Good Enough Smith. No, I want, I want the, I want the Cherry Two Thousand, the fucking blowjob robots. I don't want, you know. So, Cherry Two Thousand. Wow. Freddie Prince I'm, Jr. brought that movie up to me yesterday, and he's like. If Kevin hasn't seen that, you got to go and watch <laughs> Cherry 2000 with Kevin. And and Melanie Griffith plays this, like, yeah. she's in it. And, like, this guy's How weird that, like, robot. in the span of, what, 48 hours, two people have brought it up? And yeah. Fucking- so weird. And I had never heard of it. Now I have to go watch it. 
Yeah, see? Is that in the public domain? Should we remake that yet? Then <laughs> <laughs> you got to file some serial numbers off of entering the, entering the public domain this year. Sherlock Holmes, uh, Steamboat Willie, Mickey Mouse, and interestingly enough, Cherry 2000. Going with young Melanie Griffith. And Melody Griffith is like, I'm not dead yet. How did this happen? Um, boy, uh, somebody in chat, chat said that my answer felt like it took 30 years. Uh, Mark's answer was very quick and to the point. Well, I, I had time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right there, Banff man. Answer we the question three. That was three, right? Banff. Yeah, that's three. We're done. Yeah, we're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking start smoking more. All right, fucking that's it then. This is what home. There it is. The whole show ends on blowjob robots. There you go. As <laughs> it never was. was. <laughs> Jose Munster said we should have gone to the future to hear Kevin's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Jason McKibben said that was funny, Mark. I liked your thing. Sometimes. It all comes out in the wash. Ben McCag says, I'm not too high, in quotes, from some guy that's too high. I'm not too high. <laughs> not at all. I just really wanted to think about my answer. I think it, it deserved consideration. It did. It was a good question that required some mental thought. These are my favorites, man. <laughs> uh, kids, we're at an end. My night's not even over. Oh, shit. My, my computer's about to die. It has a 6%. Oh, then we got to go. You do got to go. Uh, in a couple hours, I'm going to be downstairs introducing Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, by the way, everybody. We are showing Friday the 13th here at Smod Castle Cinemas because uh, it was shot. And not only is it Friday the 13th, but they shot it here in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Local pride. And then tomorrow is uh, Iron Man. Mary Marvel marching movie. Sorry, society. We're giving out stickers. Fucking come join the club. Going to be a good time. What do you got to sell there, Mark? Um, I got nothing, but uh, if you want to buy a door in the distance, copies are still on sale. Um, next Tuesday, the live, the final issue of Census drops in your Comixology Originals. Um, it'll be collected by Dark Horse sometime in the spring. But if you want to just keep up with it monthly, the final uh, the final of five issues drops next Tuesday. So pick it up. Census Comixology Originals. Uh, JC's got a bars coming Villainy Cantina in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. Go there. Someday we'll be back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, AMP, kids, go download the AMP app, Amazon's live music radio AMP. I got my own show, Kevin Smith's Movie Music in the Morning, starting next week, I believe. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, man. Download that AMP thing. It's only for uh, uh, Apple users. I think Android users can listen to it through whatever. They fuck themselves. <laughs> Look, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, kids, we had a blast. The blowjob robot could literally be Android user. Oh, no. Oh, that's a fucking sponsor. The sucks 5,000. Uh, kids, fucking, uh, there ain't no show without uh, the guy over there. Give it up for the great Mark Bernard and kids. Oh, thank you very much, good sir. There it is, man. There is your heap and help of fat man beyond for this week uh 
That's Fat Man Beyond. For Fat Man Beyond, I'm uh, I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. Tune He's in next time. Banff Man. There's Banff Man. Tune in next time. Same Fat Time. Same Fat Channel. Smartcast.com or YouTube.com slash Kevin Smith. Jeff's kiss uh, to 2023, kids. Mwah. Mwah.